Karlsson, Karlsson, hoj här kommer Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Karlsson Karlsson, 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 Welcome everybody to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast, the longest running fantasy hockey podcast in the world, hosted by two guys who lost some of their fantasy leagues, but it's not our fault. I'm your host, Elon Dubrowski, and with me, as always, for a really ambitious and uh, exciting episode of Keeping Carlson coming up. I'm curious to see how this is going to go. Uh, it's my very good friend, the fantasy hockey robot, the poobah prognostication, the collector of gripes, uh, your friend and mine, Brian Com. Hello, Elon. Hello, everybody. Winners and losers, we congratulate you all for all your fine efforts this fantasy hockey season, which, as of recording, is officially over. We're excited the Keeping Carlson playoff pool drafts have begun. But, you know, it's all over, but the crying is the saying, is it not? So uh, there's still a lot of crying. And to be fair, nobody uh, featured on the show today was crying. We invited your reasons and excuses for what, the only reason you lost. Like you wouldn't have lost if this crazy thing hadn't happened that should have never happened. And we're going to go through all of your excuses for losing on this episode. We did an episode like this last year. It was a lot of fun. I'm excited to do it again. And Elon, you and I are going to decide the one person who actually didn't deserve to lose of all the losers we're talking about today yeah we're gonna find who's the person who most deserved to win and brian i didn't run this by you i've just decided right now we're sending that person a pizza we're sending you condolences yes. pizza the winner gets. i love it you just tell us what you want on your pizza and and we're gonna make it happen i hope you live somewhere where pizza delivery happens <laughs> i wonder what percentage of our listeners don't have pizza delivery available to them do you think it's anyone probably not right I'd, I'd like to know if you don't have pizza delivery let us know and maybe we'll uh, we'll try and deliver you one anyways just to prove it <laughs> yeah so. we'll uh, call your neighbor and ask them to make you one but okay so that is the plan for the second half of the show because of course before we get into that we have the nhl playoffs coming up i know the fantasy season is over but some of us are actual hockey fans that care about what happens even when fantasy is over when I say some of us, I don't necessarily mean me, but I am kind of interested, especially because we do have the Keeping Carlson playoff pool to keep things interesting. Also, I am interested, as always, to see if the Maple Leafs will finally make it past around. Uh, but yeah, Brian, I was thinking maybe we can just very quickly go through each playoff series, give some quick takes, maybe give a prediction. And then, you know, as the weeks go on, we'll talk about it. It's always fun to make mountains out of molehills of all of the different things happening in the playoff matchups. And, you know, we'll see that some random player will have point per game in the first round. We'll have to talk about if that means we should be drafting them in our fantasy leagues next year so we'll get to that over the next coming weeks but first we'll just give a high level overview and maybe also report on some of the players taken from these teams in our keeping carlson playoff pools because we've been doing 16 different divisions have been drafting over the weekend so it'll be fun to check in on that kevin has compiled a lot of data for us before we get into everything that i just said we have planned which for some reason we've decided is all going to go into one show uh, let's mention that keeping carlson is super proud to be presented by dauberhockey.com they're your source for everything fantasy playoffs there you they're going to have articles, daily ramblings every single day. The tools at Frozen Tools. I don't even know what I would do without it. If Frozen Tools goes down, probably keeping Carlson 
goes down to, or at least I'm going to have to take some time to like pull the plug, you know, on, on that Seinfeld episode where Kramer had the talk show set in his apartment. And then at some point they decided they need to regroup and he pulled the plug. That's what we would probably have to do if frozen tools went down and then figure out what we would do, but we don't have to worry about that because it's running strong. Check it out. Dauberhockey.com. But okay, Brian, with that, yeah, let's just go through these playoff series, okay? So starting off in the West, uh, Colorado versus Nashville. In my opinion, this is, and obviously now this is my opportunity to p- put my foot in my mouth, but I think this is the most lock of a series. Like I just can't imagine Colorado not destroying Nashville here, especially UC Soros is like, quote-unquote, hopeful to return in the playoffs. They might even have to go with Riddick for a game or two. And even like if Soros does play, he had a rough end of the season. He had no quality starts in his last six games. Like this like one thing for Nashville that they had like last Last season was all, you know, well, Saros could just steal games. I don't even know if that's the case, especially not against this Colorado team who is getting Landeskog back for game one. We saw practice lines today, Nachushkin, McKinnon, Ranson in line one, and then Landeskog, Kadri, Lekin in line two. We know about their defense, which is all, like everything. This team is stacked top to bottom. I don't even know what else there is to say, but Brian, are you with me? That Colorado is like, it would be crazy. I think like in the KKPP, we're just drafting for the first round of the playoffs. And I've been shying away from drafting Colorado and Nashville players just because that's the series that I think is most likely to be a sweep. Well, it could be a sweep, but I could still see Colorado scoring more goals than some other teams who play five or six games. So that would be the one consideration for Colorado because we've talked about Dave Riddick on the show. He's not somebody who you can really count on for big saves. And we talked about how uh, his nickname, Big Save Dave, was kind of like, it's a weird one because he hasn't made timely saves nor in high danger situations. But we did have somebody mention after the last time we talked about this, which is that David Riddick looks like he's making big saves because he's so far out of position and it looks like heroic when he finally does make the save or maybe you just don't expect him to make the save and he does. So uh, I'm not counting on any kind of heroics to show up from David Riddick. In fact, I would not be so surprised to see uh, this is crazy, but I wouldn't be so surprised if David Riddick doesn't start every game and just to avoid the double negative there like i think it's very possible that david riddick is not the starter through the series for nashville like at this point i i have very little faith in him i'm not sure why the predators would have any more uh i guess the backup option is connor ingram who played three games or made three appearances this season with an 879 save percentage for nashville and that seems to have been his only action this year at any level. So we'll see how this all turns out for Nashville. Um, my concern with drafting anybody on Nashville, like right now for my Keeping Carlson playoff pool draft, I'm staring at Grandland and Johansson as the top guys on the board based on regular season standings. However, uh, I have two concerns. One, it's going to be a fast series. And two, they're going to be focusing the Predators so much on just protecting their goalie that they're not going to be able to open up and score the way that they might have with UC Saros. I think they really played knowing that UC Saros was there to bail them out, and they're going to have to change a lot, and I'm not sure it's going to go well for their offense. So um, many reasons to stay away from Predators. And Elon, I don't know. Like, again, I think uh, Colorado can put up five or six games worth of scoring in four if this series goes the way I feel like it's going to. Oh, yeah, totally reasonable. I'm not saying to totally fade Avs players. Yeah, especially. Saros could even be back. But like I said, even if he is, he uh, hasn't even been that great lately. So, yeah, I think that is the easy one to predict, which means it's the one we'll get wrong. But uh, next up, Calgary versus Dallas. 
to me, I see this as the matchup of two teams with like amazing top lines. Like, I guess Calgary's a bit deeper. Like, we'd like to say that Dallas is deeper. At one point, having Ben and Sagan on the second line would be like, what kind of crazy, awesome team is this? At this point, it seems like just Dallas is totally carried by this like Robertson, Hintz, and Pavelski line. And then they have some good defensemen. They have Haskin who logs big minutes. I think that here's here's the interesting question that I think Brian, this might irk you a little bit. I'm not sure. Does Dallas have the better goalie going into this series? Like I know Markstrom was so amazing to start the year, but he wasn't that great down the stretch. Well, Edinger like has just been so strong. Like it just like I guess you won't be too irked because you're the one who called at the beginning of the year when Edinger started in the minors that you said he should be their starter and he's been really good. So I think that's an edge for Dallas. But obviously Calgary is just like a deeper team. They've looked so good this year. I guess the other storyline that I'm kind of interested in is just how Johnny Gaudreau has been such a dud in playoffs over the past few years. But also Johnny Gaudreau's just been a different player this year in the regular season than he's been like you know in past years. So hopefully he can finally you know wipe that negative off of his you know resume because last year I'm, I'm just trying to bring it up now uh did calgary not make the playoffs last year and the year before anyway well i don't know i just remember that that's been a general thing about him that he's disappeared maybe it's the type of thing where in the playoffs you know they don't call as many penalties maybe as a player that needs to rely on uh his skill and speed more maybe if you're getting clutched and grabbed that's harder to do so anyways I still think Calgary is probably going to win, but I think there are a couple reasons to think that Dallas could do something, the goaltending and maybe also, you know, Goudreau being it, but they also have like Lindholm and, and Kachuk who have been so amazing. I agree. I think, uh, I think there's reasons to believe that Dallas can challenge, but I think Calgary is too good. Uh, your point about the goalies is well taken. Elon, you know, I'm a big Markstrom fan and I'm also a big Edinger fan. And these Calgary and Dallas are two of the top five defensive teams in the NHL. And you know, when you have a truly like strong defensive team, that kind of ups the luck factor because it is just going to be a goal. When a team can shut you down in the playoffs, the, the likelihood of a goal being scored ends up being like not a clean look, but some kind of ricochet wild move, uh, wild move, wild bounce where you can't predict the shot as it's coming in from a weird angle from the point that's going to end up in the back of the net. So I I think there's a lot of potential for that to happen in this Calgary Dallas series. Although I do see that. uh, So I use uh, I'm looking at moneypuck.com. It's one of my favorite places to go for uh, predictions and like statistically based predictions. They have a whole whole nice setup. There's a lot of great places. Hockey Viz is another spot too. And of course, Dom Lustician's work at The Athletic. But um, Moneypuck actually has Calgary as the team most likely to make the second round, uh, even more likely than Colorado, and tied with Colorado for chances of a series sweep in round one. And actually gives you odds for or percentage likelihoods for a win in each round. So you can go check that out if you want. Uh, but I feel like it's a little closer. And I don't know if I'm just making that up because maybe like, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a lot of Calgary this season. I've seen a bunch, but not a ton. And uh, maybe I'm just, uh, I should be more convinced of how powerful and strong they are. Like they are one of the best teams in the league. And yeah, Johnny Gaudreau has been a dud in the playoffs in the past. Johnny Gaudreau has been a dud in the regular season in the past, but I think things are different this year. And I think the winds, uh, the, the winds in his sails as he goes into the playoffs, I would not be shy at all about picking Johnny Gaudreau in a playoff pool. Yeah, I guess with Dallas, it's about like, is Calgary going to be able to shut down the robertson hintz Pavelski line? Like if they can do that, then you know, good luck. But, uh, well, we know Faxa is going to spend 24 minutes a night <laughs> on the ice too, oh shutting God. down the, the top Calgary line. But yeah, I think their second line is probably better than Dallas's, assuming 
well, who knows what version of Tyler Sagan and Alex Radulov and Jamie Benn we're going to get. But we've, we've seen the, the wrong version of them for a lot of time over the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. I even forgot about Radulov at this point. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's just totally disappeared. Okay, let's go to the Edmonton versus LA series. Such a funny goaltending matchup. We've got Mike Smith versus Jonathan Quick. I heard recently, I was listening to the uh, Dmitry Filipovich podcast, Hockey PDO cast. Apparently, Edmonton, I mean, like Mike Smith and uh, Quick played against each other like 10 years ago in a playoff series when Smith was on phoenix i think not even arizona so that's how old these goalies are and they're going to give it one more go it's kind of even surprising that quick is the starter i think going into the season a lot of us expected that it was cal peterson's turn but no it's been quick the whole way through and lately mike smith has been unbelievable just winning game after game having good performances obviously there's the possibility that he'll blow up but i think edmonton is hoping that he can hold up and that's why they decided to extend him i don't know for this playoff experience i don't know if that what that's worth uh but yeah that's going to be very interesting to see these two goalies and and then, of course, we've got Connor McDavid and the whole situation with him and how last year in the playoffs, he didn't even get any points in the first two games versus Winnipeg and no penalties were called against him. And every single, you know, a hockey analyst was like complaining about, I think for good reason, that the refs just weren't calling penalties uh, for McDavid. Like he was a the other team was able to do anything they wanted with him. So we'll see if that changes this year in the playoffs. Uh, and then. Yeah, as far as like predicting the winner here, I think it could really go either way. LA is just such a deep team. Like I'm looking at the KKPP draft results, and we've got Kopitar drafted on average like 62nd overall or like 61st overall, which is already pretty low for like the top player on a team. And then you have to go all the way down to like 95th. And then it's Brian, you want to try to guess even who's the second LA King drafted on average after Kopitar? Wow. Um <laughs> I was, well, I was going to say Victor Arvidsson. Yeah, no, it's Kempe. Kempe is at 96. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Deneau at 119. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, it's just like there's a deep team, though. Like LA, and also LA has all these like exciting young players. You know, they've got Quinton Byfield on the, on the fourth line. So we'll see if any of these players will step up. I don't think that LA needs to do a long playoff run. I think this will be a very, like, this will be kind of like when Pittsburgh had Crosby as a rookie. I remember the Sens like, yeah. destroyed Pittsburgh in the playoffs, and it was like fun to see Crosby's like first playoff experience. And after that, like, Ottawa would never beat Pittsburgh again. They came close that one time when Pittsburgh won the cup, but we don't need to talk about that uh, most recently. But uh, yeah, I mean, but also LA's done this before, right? I feel like you can't just totally count out LA because I remember the last time I did and they were like a low ranking playoff seed. They won the cup, but that's a, that's maybe showing my age, but they're the kind of team that could potentially go far. They'll have to get by Edmonton. I'm, I'm excited to watch this series. I'm excited to see if McDavid could finally win a playoff series. That'll be fun. It will be fun to see. I like it'll be fun to see if he can, and it'll also like I'm gonna be honest, it'll be fun to see if he can and and what comes next. Of course, we've been through that circle or cycle a few times already, and it's never quite as entertaining as I hope, but we'll see what happens. I think, uh, I think there have been some positive changes since Jay Woodcroft stepped behind the bench and put some systems in place and maybe a few modern ideas too. So I think Edmonton's well positioned at the moment, especially with Mike Smith uh, looking like the Mike Smith of not so old, but well, we, I'm not going to get too deep into that. I will. Kempe was a point per game player over the last month of the season, 11 points in 11 games. So that's not uh, such a bad position to be in for Kempe. Uh, that makes sense that he's the next choice after Kopitar. But I think there's a, a decent chance that this series can go deep. Um, and LA is kind of like this inexperienced 
team, right? So maybe they'll be able to push Edmonton. There are holes when you are playing against Edmonton. And like you said, Elon, that LA lineup is pretty solid. Next up, let's go to uh, Minnesota versus St. Louis. This series, to me, looks like so close, right? It's so hard to predict. Like two good teams, both with like really strong finishes to the season. Uh, both actually with interesting goalie situations, right? Like I could see this being the series. Is this the series that's the most likely that both teams are going to play both of their goalies and not even necessarily because one's struggles, like maybe just because they want to alternate? Like I know like Huso had stolen the job for most of the season from Binnington, but right at the end, they started giving uh, Jordan Binnington some games. And he did okay. I guess he didn't do so well in the like the very last two. But he, you know, I don't know. So, anyways, and obviously Binnington's the one who was their goalie when they won the cup before. So I wouldn't be surprised if Huso has a bad game. They try Binnington for the next one, and then in Minnesota, yeah, Talbot and Flurry. Like I'd imagine Flurry is the starter. They have they still haven't even announced who's going to play in game one. Actually, neither has St. Louis. So there you go. That's the interesting situation there. Uh, but yeah, I think the series will be a lot of fun. I am excited personally to see Kaprizov in the playoffs, see what he can do. Also, like Fiala, is he going to keep up his insane end to the year? Boldy as a rookie. So Minnesota, I think, is the more interesting team to me. Like Who I want to win as a fan is Minnesota because I'd rather see their players go far. We've already saw this story with St. Louis a couple years ago. So I'm ready to see Minnesota do it this time. I think this is a really good chance for Minnesota to step up. It is like really interesting to me that it seems up in the air, the goaltending situation between Flurry and Talbot, because I mean, Talbot's been shaky for most of the year, but Flurry had a run of three games uh, like a couple weeks ago, and he did not take advantage of his chance to like really solidify his playoff positioning. And for me, it seems like, you know, why else would Minnesota acquire flurry than to play him and of course he did finish the year with that 964 like a huge win against colorado stopping 27 of 28 shots so maybe that's all minnesota needs to end up going with him again they're a great defensive team too uh but i think this could be a really fun series i think you've got two teams who like i can't tell if they're going in the same direction or not but minnesota is a team that we've been on the lookout for for a while and this seems like a moment where they're ready to take a step the fun part when you're drafting for your playoff pools is i still don't think people have caught on to the necessary value of uh, matt zuccarello and even jared spurgeon and even uh even kevin fiala like i, I got him in the kkpp and i feel pretty good about it. I, I don't think it was a bargain that I got. And I was wondering, okay, how much later can I wait to grab Kevin Fiala? I got him 32nd overall in the third round. Um, but I think there's value to be found on Minnesota, especially in playoff pools that are going like through the keeping Carlson playoff pool. We redraft every round for a pool that goes start to finish. You might be able to find some deep value because Minnesota is a team that could make a run. Yeah, when you're in one of those playoff pools where you're just picking your players for the entire playoffs, you obviously have to just take some swings on some teams. And I think Minnesota is a fun team to do that for because I think everyone's going to try to go for your Floridas and Colorados. You know, people are going to load up Tampa or Toronto, I guess. That, that, that could go either way. But uh, I think Minnesota, yeah, might fall to like a, the second tier. And so maybe you could win your playoff pool by just getting like Caprizov and Zuccarello and, you know, Fiala and all these guys and then just hope that Minnesota goes far and then you'll be golden because they could get a lot of points for sure. So, yeah, I like that tip. Okay, let's go to the Eastern Conference now. Florida versus Washington. Man, Florida's just so good, though. I mean, I don't know. They just lost 10-2 to to Montreal to end the season. Clearly, they're maybe not. No, I'm just kidding. That was, like, not the real Florida Panthers playing that game. Jonas Johansson was in net, who I, we were having a discussion on Discord of who's, Brian, who's the worst goalie, Jonas Johansson or Carter Hutton? 
Who's the goal oh. you'd want to depend on more for an important game? Oh, if I had to, I think I'd go with Carter Hutton, but <laughs> I think you'd just be screwed either way. I mean, Jonas Johansson, you can't really come back after, remember, the the Buffalo beat writer like, made yeah. fun of how Colorado claimed him. And it was like, he's the worst goalie in the league. I don't know why anybody would take him off Buffalo's hands. <laughs> so, like, I, there's, I don't think there's any coming back from that. How fun would it be? So, theoretically, so Jonas Johansson's on Florida... And Carter Hutton is property of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Imagine if it's Florida versus Toronto and all the, you know, first string, second string goalies get injured. And then we get that goalie matchup. We're going to have like 10 to 9 games every single game. That would be so fun. But anyways, right now we got Florida first has to get by Washington before that happens. And Bobrovsky and Knight have to both get injured. But yeah, Florida's good. And by the way, Aaron Ekblad is back for the playoffs. I think the word is that he's going to play in game one. So if you thought Florida was good at the end of the season, wait to see them with their super star number one defenseman also back in the picture so really they look almost unstoppable but hey Washington is Washington Ovechkin apparently is healthy he missed a few games to end the year but he's going to be back for the start so I feel like Washington's a good team like this is not going to be a walk in the park for the Panthers obviously they're the favorites uh I wouldn't be drafting Caps players in my uh you know playoff long drafts but I definitely in the KKPP I'd be okay taking Caps because I could see this going to like five six games uh but i i really like florida I, i've been like you know gushing over florida all season long so i'm not gonna stop now there's two ways this series could go right like florida can just decimate washington and washington goes off quietly into the night and like definitely doesn't contend again for a while or this is a team that still has a, several players on the roster from their cup run and they find a little magic and they're doing it for Ovi, and they're able to win a couple games. I don't think they're really, I don't think they have much of a chance of pushing this to seven. I don't think they have much of a chance of winning the series, but I think that'll be the difference between them going really quietly and them putting up a fight. I could see both circumstances happening. Uh, like someone like Tom Wilson in a playoff pool when you get to, you know, a later round. I'm interested. And TJ Oshie, like these are sort of the sort of depth caps who, if they are putting up a fight, you might find a little bit of value on in the first round. But if you're looking for anything from them beyond the first round, uh, I wouldn't think too hard about putting them on your roster. And then for Florida, I mean, you're looking at a matchup against, as we mentioned, goalies who have not earned uh, a spot right. in the starters crease all season long and the way they feasted like I was looking at a, at a stat that shows like how many times they've scored 10 goals 9 goals 8 goals 7 goals this it's crazy how many times they've had these huge just bust out performance games and some of those have come against good teams and some of those have come against good goalies and so I I I'm curious to see exactly how hard they take it to the Washington Capitals. And I want to know who scores more goals this round between Florida and Colorado, because they both seem really well positioned to just rack up the goals and points. So in Kevin's uh, ADP sheet, I believe it's only listing players that have been drafted in all of the 16 divisions. Uh, so for, I, I believe that's how he did it, but he could correct me if I'm wrong, but like Florida, there's already eight players listed on this sheet and like these drafts aren't done. Right. Like, so uh, in order, Huberdeau, then Barkov close behind him, then Giroux, by the way, they haven't even played a game yet with Giroux and Ekblad on the same team. So uh, just let that sink in. Okay. Then Sam Reinhart, Ekblad, Uyghur, then the Florida team goalies, which we're giving a point for a win, point for a shutout. Duclair. Yeah, Verhaggy's still out there for, I guess, actually, I think he's still out there for my league. I know he had a slow end to the season. But yeah, this team is just stacked. I love the Panthers. They're so good. Okay, let's go to Carolina versus Boston. Three more series to go. Okay, so 
Boston, I guess here's the interesting thing, interesting thing with Boston. For the first time, I guess, we're like they're officially this two-line team. Now, like this is not the kind of thing that's going to go away. Doesn't seem like in the playoffs unless things go totally haywire. So now we're going to see Pasternak, Hall, and Halla on the second line. They've got Hampus Lindholm at the trade deadline. So I'll be interested to see how uh, Boston does. They used to be a team that you had to be really scared of in the playoffs, and they have you know not been so scary over these last couple of seasons. Uh, Linus Allmark has been announced already to start game one. That's another a series where we might not see you know only two goalies. We might see four because for Carolina Frederick Anderson is still not ready he might be back at some point in the series we'll see if it's Ranta or Kochetkov playing in game one for Carolina depends on Ranta's health uh so yeah I mean Carolina ended the season super strong two really good teams I feel like this is similar to St. Louis and Minnesota right like I could really see it going either way two strong teams and I wouldn't be betting my house on either result because I think it, it could go either way for sure well, please don't bet your house on any result because that's just not worth it. You don't need a second house if you bet your first house to get another house. <laughs> uh, but I won't. Uh, I, I would not want to really dig in deep on either of these two teams, too, the way Carolina and Boston have both uh, played their seasons. And they both can be stingy teams. They're both experienced. They both have reasons to be pushing Money Puck actually has uh, Boston with the higher odds of making the second round to 56% to Carolina's 44%, uh, which is still like a, a pretty small spread, right? But it is uh, one of the closest series. Actually, it is the closest series second to Edmonton in LA. And so I'm not, uh, I'm also not going to go too hard on trying to predict the winner of this one. This definitely seems like one that could go seven, where each team is definitely like, I would be so surprised if one of these teams wouldn't put up a fight like if this is over in four or five i'll be shocked uh which is going to make it a really fun series to watch i think you've got some really interesting performers on each side of course you've got uh the new look bruins running two lines for the first time in the playoffs which is not something we've seen them do before and carolina who's been knocking on the door for a few years already trying to break through so i think the stories are there i don't think there's anything particularly interesting about any of the players but uh, I guess uh, this is like a it's like a team oriented. Well, no, sorry. I just mean in terms of like trying to assess their value for playoff pools or looking for a breakout performance. I'm not sure. Like Natchez, I'd love to see him come alive in the playoffs. That would put a lot of the season that was behind him for sure. Um, and I guess Tony D'Angelo could use a strong finish to his season too. So we'll see how that all pans out over this series, which I think uh, is going to be one of the more exciting ones. Yeah, D'Angelo is playing for his next contract, right? Like, I'm sure he's already earned a nice raise, but uh, a strong playoffs will only earn him another mil or two, right? I guess same with Johnny Gaudreau, right? He's earned... I think at this point, Johnny Gaudreau is, like, already at the highest he's going to get. Like, his value, if he were to, like, for whatever reason, have to not play... Though, I guess if he doesn't play, that'll probably bring down his value. But, like, Gaudreau just needs to keep it up in order to earn that, like, amazing contract that he's likely going to get. And yet, D'Angelo, I feel like, could still, like, bump himself up a little more if he can prove himself to be, like, a leader and take Carolina through a couple of rounds. All right, so then we've got Toronto versus Tampa. I think kind of like Boston. Like, I don't know if Tampa's record is really representative of, like, how good they are at this point. You know, like, Boston, yeah, so they're, like, the seventh seed. But, you know, they had a stretches with Marshawn suspended or, like, Bergeron was injured for a bit. Pasternak was injured, like, for a bit at the start of the year. So I, I feel like... Uh, Tampa, anyways, like, you know, like Kucherov missed a big stretch. Uh, now we've got basically, like, it's not the exact same team as last year, 
I know the third line is different. So they've lost like Goudreau and, uh, you know, Baku Coleman, but like Gourd. So that, that was a good line to lose, obviously. But they got Hagel. They got Nick Paul. Like, I don't know. They have Ross Colton. I guess maybe it's not the exact same, but they still like the core is basically the same. And that's a team that won two cups in a row. Uh, they still got the best goalie in the world, most likely, or maybe Shostyorkin has uh, taken that crown. But I don't think that really matters until Tampa plays the Rangers at some point, if they could get by Toronto. Uh, so yeah, Stamkos ended the year super strong. Uh, so I think they're going to be a very tough... Like, Toronto definitely did not luck into anything this year. They probably have one of the toughest playoff matchups of a team that, you know, did as well as they did. Uh, Toronto's good. Like, I don't want to take anything away from them. It sucks that Michael Bunting is going to be out for a game or two. Like, it would be nice if they could just be at full strength. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be really tough. I've seen Toronto's, like, the favorite in most of the betting sites. I'm assuming on your uh, Money Puck site there. But I have a feeling that... Like, I wouldn't bet on Toronto. I actually think Tampa's going to win if I had to pick a team. But I'm cheering for Toronto, for for my poor friends out there who just want to see a win one day. It would be really, uh, it would be really a real release for Toronto to finally make it past the first round. I actually got Austin Matthews eighth overall in the Keeping Carlson playoff poll. That's, That's the crazy. latest anybody got him. And as the picks went through the first round, I'm like... What am I missing? Like, is there something I don't know? Are we really afraid that Tampa's going to shut down Austin Matthews and Andre Vasilevsky is going to stand on his head to the point that he's not worth picking in the first five picks, let alone the first three picks or even the first pick at all, especially with Toronto favored? Actually, on moneypuck.com, you're right. Um, Toronto is favored over Tampa, and Tampa's actually the fourth most likely to lose in the first round. So why are we trusting this source? Like, what's like, yeah. I don't know. What are they, where do they, where I, do they get this? Come on, Tampa Bay is not like the well, fourth. I mean, this is team. where, I mean, you always have to look at any source, even if you trust it with a critical eye. And I do trust Money Puck. They've got good stuff through the year. Uh, but even Washington has slightly better odds to advance against Florida than Tampa against Toronto. And I definitely raised mm-hmm. my eyebrow at that. And that is like, okay. that's bulletin board material for Tampa, right? Like everyone's, everyone's writing off the two-time cup champs who, yeah, had some roster turnover, but I still don't think they lost. Like they lost key players on their third line. So can they survive having lost those key players? Even though I think they've done a pretty good job replacing them, as you mentioned already. I, I think this is going to be a really fun series. I'm hoping it goes seven. I think I saw a quote from Sheldon Keith saying like it's going to be a borderline uh, something like he might have said violent, but like it's going to be like really hostile <laughs> through the series. And I think it's. True. Like, I think these are two teams who feel they both deserve to advance and they both deserve to be the favorite. But I think Tampa's going to relish that underdog role. Like, they both deserve to be the favorite and they're both kind of playing the underdog, too. Uh, this is also like, actually, there's a lot of really fun series to watch. I know I know, I already said Boston Carolina is going to be really fun to watch. But I think it, like if I can watch only one game one from any of these series, it's going to be Tampa Toronto. And I do like I think it's I think it's a coin flip to me about which team wins yeah i agree uh, i'm you know i just moved into a new area in toronto and i'm definitely going to be walking around trying to find where's a cool place to watch this game because i want to get the full vibe obviously uh brian uh, you're welcome to come come visit you could stay at my place and we can go watch a leafs playoff game at some point that you know there might only be a couple knowing how the leafs are you only have a couple weeks to do this but it's a lot of fun to just go to a bar and watch a leafs game people are pretty into this team <laughs> okay uh the last uh series to talk about is the rangers and pittsburgh uh so uh, like this is an interesting one to me like first of all it sucks that tristan jari is out right so maybe it's not a fair way to start it uh the smith is going to play at least the first two games is what i've been reading uh versus 
is just your concern. Yeah, in net, the Rangers have a huge edge. And then it just comes down to if the rain if Pittsburgh has enough to still overcome that. And I don't know. The Rangers have looked really good, especially since the deadline. You know, they got Cop and Vetrano, who have fit in really well. Uh, I guess Pittsburgh did bring in Ricard Raquel. So I don't know. What do you think is a better improvement? Bring in Raquel or bring in Cop and Vetrano? Uh, and then, yeah, I guess Malkin missed some time. So Pittsburgh does get to finally be at full strength uh, for their forwards, which will be fun to see. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, to me, I would bet on the Rangers because of the goaltending just being such a huge mismatch at this point, especially with Jari out. I think that's it i mean casey de smith also had that like crazy performance right right towards the end of the season what was it 50 uh 52 save shutout against boston another playoff team on april 21st that was potentially at the end of your fantasy season depending on when yours end but he is 940 save percentage over his last five starts so i'm not writing off the penguins because of de smith Uh, I I think they have a chance to overcome this. I really do. And this is a team that has, like, this could be the last shot. We don't know what's happening with Chris Letang. Next year, Malkin's getting older and also falling down the draft board because he had a relatively ho-hum fantasy uh, fantasy regular season and, like, missed some time. Uh, Chris Letang, though, has had one of my favorite uh, Penguins writers is Ryan Wilson. He writes at Hockey Buzz. And, like, he's been, like, just shouting from the rooftops about how great Chris Letang has been all season. So I think Pittsburgh has the pieces to survive so long as Casey DeSmith can give them average goaltending, which is all they needed from Tristan Jari last season and didn't get it in the playoffs. So if, if Casey DeSmith can just be decent, I still like the Penguins here. I think it definitely makes things dicier that DeSmith is a little less reliable, but I think the Rangers are still a team. They they look to me like a team that still has a couple things, you know, to learn on the way up. And I, I feel like they might fa- find themselves on, on the wrong end of this series against like super motivated and experienced veterans led by Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang. Yeah. I mean, they've had those guys for the past few years and haven't gotten out of the first round. I guess they keep on uh, running into the Islanders and now they don't have to worry about them. Finally. Yeah. Well, well, the thing with the Islanders was that their goaltenders shut the door. Uh, although last year that wasn't the case. Like Pittsburgh, I think was the better team. But this year, uh, they've got Igor Shostyorkin to contend with, who we've talked about over the last couple of weeks as someone who, like, I want to see how many playoff series Igor Shostyorkin can win in a single postseason. Wouldn't surprise me either if he could legit just carry uh, the Rangers as they are all the way to the Stanley Cup finals just with a run of incredible goaltending. So he's the uh, goaltending is definitely the X factor in this series. And uh, it's going to be how much can the Penguins minimize their shortcomings in goaltending and how much can the Rangers maximize their uh, the opposite of shortcomings, overcomings, long sure. comings. <laughs> their long comings, yeah. Uh, that, there's your episode title. Uh, all right, so Brian, that's it. We've done a playoff preview. I hope that people have enjoyed it. Obviously, we're more of a fantasy podcast. We don't generally get into the team predictions beyond just like which goalies we think will win games. So let us know what you thought. Uh, and with that, I guess we'll take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Then we'll get to part two of this episode, which will be our contest of who wrote in the most compelling reason for why they really should have won their leagues, even though they lost. So we're going to get to that. It's going to be really fun in just a sec. You're listening to Keeping Carlson. Okay, Brian, we are back. 
for part two of this mega episode number 405 of Keeping Carlson. And I'm really excited for this because I haven't read anything. You've been the collector of the gripes, like I said at the start, uh, reading through all of the things that people have wrote in our patrons on Discord. And I think we also put a call out on Twitter. Uh, don't even tell me, Brian, who wrote in each one because I'll obviously want to give an edge to a patron. But yeah, I'm just going to try to be... By the way, if anyone like... you know, I, I'm going to say it right here. I'm not going to be like a nice judge here, okay? Like I feel like most of the people who lost, like you probably lost because of reasons that are reasonable and a lot of people have lost. So you're gonna, it's going to take a lot to convince me that you deserved to win. Uh, someone, <laughs> I forget, someone wrote in the Discord when we posted, like, do you want to post reasons? And then I got tagged being like, well, Elon roasted me last year when we did this. So I think I'm going to pass this time. <laughs> so uh, uh, That was I, Ryan and you roasted him literally like three weeks ago. Oh, uh, well, it's all out of love hopefully people understand but yeah i'm, I'm gonna try to bring my most like simon cowell-esque you know I, is that like a really old reference to this is simon cowell still around like judging do people, people know harshly? do kids know who simon cowell is well who's today's simon cowell who's the judge on tv who's mean to everyone or is, maybe that doesn't exist anymore now we're like in a new era like maybe people are nicer on tv you know it jeff might... Probst is so nice on survivor now compared to how he used to be uh- I think everybody is nicer on TV. I think it's. I think Simon Cowell might still be today's Simon Cowell. All right, so there you go. Someone, well, someone who knows more about uh, like TV talent shows. Let okay. us know. All right, but yeah, basically the gist is though. I do feel like whenever I lose, I always have a litany, like a big list of excuses about why it's not my fault and I made all the perfect decisions. That's what it comes down to, right? I'm, I want to find the person who did everything right and lost because it was out of their hands. They, and even, you know, sometimes obviously you have injuries. I don't want to hear, by the way, I'm telling you, Brian, the winner's not going to be someone who just had some injury, right? We all have injuries. You have the opportunity to make up for it. But, you know, there could be like extenuating st- circumstances that make it like especially difficult. Like if your league has like one IR spot. But anyways, I'm very excited to hear the list. So I'm handing it over to you, Brian, and I'm ready for you to pepper me with all of these whiny excuses. Okay. And again, we're going to like, <laughs> we're going to be hard on anybody who was kind enough to share their story with us. So please uh, uh, know it's all out of love uh, that we, well, hey, that Elon yeah. does whatever he's about to do. <laughs> we're, to giving you and your we're giving a pizza, right? So That's you got to earn it. Okay. Uh, here we go. So I've grouped them into different categories. And again, Elon has not seen these before. We're getting his raw unfiltered takes, like knee-jerk responses. Uh, and I've got a lot to get through. So I'm going to start with a couple in the category that I called league dynamics. So these are things where uh, these are two situations that where things were not entirely in a manager's control. And uh, Elon's going to decide whether that's their fault or not. Uh, so first off, uh, Julien, one of our, our long-running patrons. Oh, no. Uh, next time, don't tell me. Because obviously, I love Julian. Oh, okay. okay. All right. I'll keep it anonymous from here on out. Uh, but his reason for having lost his league was because some guy traded Leon Dreisaitl to his eventual first-round opponent the day after he refused a much better offer from Julien. So the trade that went down was Dreisaitl, Grubauer, and a second round pick for Dubois, Hartman, Jari, Stevenson, and a first, which like Julien was basically like he swapped goalies when there were good ones on the wire. He swapped a second for a first and got like a subpar keeper. Meanwhile, Julien offered a premium package for a rebuilding team, including Jack Hughes, who could be kept for free in the offseason because he was in a farm spot, uh, a first-round pick, and and Tavo Teravainen for Dreisaitl in a second third. So basically, Julian said, hey, 
I made this amazing offer for Leon Dreisaitl. The guy said no, turned around, dealt him to the guy who I played in the first round and lost to. Elon, did Julian deserve to lose? Okay, I feel for Julian. Like, Brian, you know this is my soft spot, right? I hate it so much when other people make rip-off trades that help my opponents. And there's literally nothing you can do about it. And here, Julian even had something he could do about it. And the guy just, like, rejected his trade. Um, I wish Julian had included whether or not, like, whether Drysaddle made the difference. Like, you know, if you were to add up the scores of that series and, like, take out Drysaddle, like, is it does Julian win? So if you would have included that, if it was, if he was literally the difference maker, then oof, yeah, that that burns. Um, okay, I mean that's a strong contender. I guess like uh, the point of this is we're going to be keeping like a king of the mountain here, whatever you call yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm gonna put a number one to... here. I'm not I'm not disregarding it, but uh, okay. Uh, I would like to, but like also, ugh, so annoying. Right? Like, who, who wants to play in leagues like this? It's like, he shouldn't even have to be saying, like, oh, it's not fair because I made a better offer. Like, that's not what fantasy hockey is about. It's about building a good team, not like, oh, I'm going to get Drysidle for free, like for a first, for a second. It's not even like that good a, doesn't even sound like such an amazing return here. Well, no, exactly. That's why we have the counter and the cup fall where everybody has a chance to offer something better to try and remove the situations where this happens, where you, so I, and I wanted to start strong, Elon. I know that's a a strong contender to begin. Um, although I'm not trying to influence or anything, but if I started with like my team got injured, I think we might have people dropping out really quick. We have a lot of people who said their teams were injured. Don't worry. We're going to deal with you in like one fell swoop (laughs) that we we might have already. If Julian's here or if anyone in the chat can like reach out to him and find out if dry made the difference, I would like to know. It's Jupac on Discord, J-U-P-A-Q. I, I want to know right. that, uh, how significant that was. That context is important. Okay, here's another league dynamic. So uh, this loser said that they lost because someone in the consolation bracket dropped Shea Theodore shortly before the finals. And so their opponent ended up spending all his remaining fab to get Shea Theodore, who helped wrestle the championship away from this loser Ugh. trying to avoid saying names so, so uh, how much did did this person deserve yeah. to win or lose i guess there's like more context here also like in terms of like i guess like i don't know if i want to give the winner the pizza to someone who it's like yeah your opponent got a free player because it's like you maybe still could have maneuvered like it's not like you could have maybe still done something like again kind of like with the last with julian like i'd want to know like did theodore actually make the difference like is that why you lost because of this theodore drop also was this theodore drop a fair drop like that the person made a smart move like you know was uh vegas just like not playing anymore that week and like they needed to make a quick at you know or was it just like some annoyed you know manager that lost and decided to just mess up the league because that would obviously know i mean i would also say that your commission needs to deal with that though i guess there's fab and that i guess the other thing though i can say is you know to Mr. Anonymous Loser here, like, if you wanted to, you could have saved your fab, I guess. Though maybe you didn't realize there was going to be such a good defenseman. I guess, let's look at Shea Theodore very quickly, if you don't mind, just in terms of, like, how strongly he finished here. Because I know overall, Vegas really blew it and couldn't get a win when they needed it. There was someone in my Kukupful division who dropped Shea Theodore coming into the the home stretch because he he had been really quiet and it was kind of like a, like, what? I can't believe it. But going back to the end of January, all the way through to the end of March, over two months thre- a two-month stretch, Shea Theodore had played 23 games and put up just six points 
averaging two shots per game, which is like two shots per game is fine, but you're entering your fantasy playoffs. Shea Theodore has six points in 23 games. That makes sense to drop him. So mm-hmm. I'd also want to know at what point in the consolation bracket this happened. And then, of course, Shea Theodore uh, awoke and had 15 points in his final 15 games, averaging three shots per game, scoring on an outsized percentage of them just by a little. But he had a really, really strong finish. So to anybody who gave up on him, yeah, you got burnt. And anybody who was able to pluck him out of free agency, what a win. Yeah, I'm going to leave the person who's the at uh, the top of the board right now as the first one, since that was like dry side. Like, like you're saying, Brian, like Theodore was cold, made sense for him to get dropped. Like in, like we've been saying on the show, you know, like if someone is not helping you, you know, you can't just like hold on hoping for them to get better once it's like, you know, like I wouldn't have dropped Theodore, by the way. <laughs> like, because uh, yeah. he was still getting like top power play. I know his shots were a little bit down, but he has a history of shooting well. So, and in the end, yeah, he was good. So uh, that sucks for you, but also you had an opportunity to get the drop if you would have had the fab. So there were some things you could have done. And also, again, there's only one player on your opponent, right? Like, uh, my opponent, and now I could be extra annoying for this episode since I won the cupful, right? So I could be like, well, Mark had a lot of good players on his team. And cl- like, he picked up a Joe Pavelski as a free agent early in the season. How about that? And so, uh, and I still was able to win. So you should have been able to still win, even though your opponent picked up Shea Theodore. Drysaddle's another story, right? He's like a superstar top, like, three pick in a draft. So still uh, number one, who unfortunately I know is Julian, but I'm, I promise that's not affecting me. I trust your your ability to not discriminate. So I'm going to continue just calling everyone a loser uh, who submitted. So those are a couple that where league dynamics really played a part. And like, you know, we say this in the cupful, like everybody in a league has some kind of responsibility to the other to not just like wreck it for everyone. Because like you can you go ahead and do a bad trade where you rip off or someone else gets ripped off. But there's everybody else in the league who that throws for a loop. Uh, so it's uh, Thank it's you. nice. Yeah, you Brian, it's critics. true. Like, I feel like people, like when we talk about our counter offer rule in Cupful, a lot of people are like, I'm against that because I don't feel like just like helping out these like bad, like if you make a bad trade, you have to deal with it. You don't get like a second chance to, uh, you know, take back the trade. Uh, you should have to like deal with it. And it's like, I don't disagree with that. Like my problem with these bad trades isn't like Brian's saying, it's not the person who got ripped off. That person probably sucks and doesn't know what they're doing and is going to lose regardless. Like the counteroffer rule is there to help everyone else who is getting hurt by this trade going down. Cause it's usually like a smart player that's already doing well now, like becoming even stronger. And it's so unfair to their opponents just cause they didn't think to go and send rip off trade offers to this person that didn't know what they were doing. Right. So not, not to say it's always the case that it's someone who doesn't know what they're doing, but I just wanted to put that out there again. Cause we always get people telling us they don't like the counteroffer rule. And again, the purpose of it is to help the community, not like the one person who we're like, we're not, we're not trying to give someone like a little bit of a bonus to help them through when they're not that good. That's not the purpose, but anyways, okay. Uh, Brian, so what's, what's our next category? So the next category here, uh, I've called it's personal where everybody has like some kind of personal circumstance that impacted the way they manage their team over the, the course of key and critical weeks of the fantasy season. So I'm going to start with uh, with our first loser of this category, who wrote, uh, during the playoffs week that I lost, my kids got a gastrointestinal <laughs> bug. Oh, no. Then a few days later, they got COVID and gave it to me. 
and we also closed on a new house the same week. Congratulations, uh, loser for loser number one for this category on the the new home. We wish you uh, health and happiness in it. Uh, and then like they went on to say like Pasta was injured after half a game, and it was the week where like Bobrovsky was not as good. But basically, they said, look, uh, my kids were sick twice. They got me sick. I had this other big life event happening. And then my fancy team crapped the bed. Although they did quip, uh, at least their kids didn't crap the bed. But their fancy team did. Uh, and their kids were at risk of crapping the bed. So with all of this going on, Elon, how do you feel about this loser? <laughs> okay, first of all, um, now can you reveal who the previous loser was? Just so, like, once they're said, once I've eliminated them, we should, we should okay. say they are, just so I don't forget. Okay, the previous loser was Adam K. Okay. Felix Owls, our, uh, our Okay, Adam K doesn't writer. get to complain because his team beat mine in the Dynasty League after okay. he no. got Marshawn and Stay Ovechkin. Focused. Like, you benefit <laughs> from other people making questionable moves, mister. I'm glad that I didn't put Adam ahead. <laughs> okay, uh, this person has a real sob story outside of fantasy. I don't think that that's, like, you should have won. Like, the purpose of this isn't, like... Like, you know, you have, like, I guess you have an excuse for losing in terms of, like, for your life. Like, yeah, you don't have to feel bad about yourself. I'm a bad player. Like, yeah, you had extenuating circumstances, but you definitely didn't deserve to win just because you got COVID. And, like, I'm, I hope that everyone's okay and, and everyone is better now and your kid is better. But, uh, I, this is, that's not going to get you a pizza. Like, you should have, I guess, tried to figure out how to still, you know, like, fantasy doesn't have to take too much time, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, keep your roster set. You know, like I kind of like I want to after you say that I want to simulate this situation for you. Like I'm not going to I don't want you to get sick or anyone you care about to get sick. But I would love to see like compare the amount of time you like and I think you are like you call me the fantasy hockey robot. I think you would still find a way to like look away from all that's happening and focus on fantasy and put it first. Uh, but I would love to, like, I'd love to put you through those spaces <laughs> just to see exactly how, how you manage it. Well, I mean, part of it is you're supposed to kind of have a plan going into the week, right? So that you don't need to be like having to put too much time into these decisions, right? Like sort of let you could, you should be able to go on autopilot and just stick with the plan you had. That's why, like I tell Dave, like I listen to the stream scheme because I really enjoy the show and it's fun, but I generally don't like listen and like, you know, decide on who my streamers will be because I've already come up with my plan. So this person maybe needed to like go on autopilot and, you know, and also like we still haven't had a, anything to tell me that why they would have won otherwise like maybe if you tell me you were in first place and then like your kid was puking on you right when a goalie start was announced and if only you would have like swapped that goalie out then you would have won you know then then you're giving me a reason but here it's like yeah like stuff happened but i don't even know how good your team was so i'm still gonna leave uh, the first one as the leader in the clubhouse so who was this uh person that had that was terrible luck those mops. Oh, sorry, mops. Yeah. This is like um, the story of Job from the Bible. What happened to mops? <laughs> <laughs> mops was being tested. Yeah. And we'll see, like, I, we'll see how, how much of a grudge you harbor against your children and your new home. Like, if you feel like it's cursed. We hope yeah. not. We you hope there's move. no curse. Yeah. Yeah. Please. By the way, I moved into a new yeah. home and still won. I'm just going to say. So. Start a new life. <laughs> Uh, maybe it's time to leave your kids in home now that you've got that and have like a brand new where you keep that all hidden. And maybe you'll win your fantasy league next year. 
I guess that's only if you don't win the next year, like if it still doesn't work. Okay, here's someone on the other side of the coin somewhat. Uh, They said, uh, I blame my loss in the semis on being in Hawaii for the week. Oh, you were in Hawaii (laughs) on vacation. Uh, Hawaii, I was there once and there was Wi-Fi. From what I recall, Hawaii does have Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, their opponent beat them to some goalie streams, ended up being the difference, and then they they added in for kicks that and drafting Dougie Hamilton. Okay, that's like... That's the more legit reason than having gone to Hawaii. Yeah, I'm a fellow Hamilton drafter in one league that I lost. And th- like that, ugh. Cause that's annoying because it's like maybe Hamilton could have done better and it, you could blame the coach, right? Like why wasn't he getting more power play time? Like what happened there, you know? So that's a decent excuse, actually. If you just led with Hamilton, I, I would consider it. But uh, this Hawaii thing, come on. You, you made that choice. And also I've been on vacations before and still managed my fantasy teams. So get, get out of here. Elon's just going to rank all of these on, like, if it happened to me, I would have been fine. Well, of course. Right? I want to hear someone who deserved to win. Like, someone that, like, uh, even uh, even I don't think I would have been able to overcome this adversity. Okay. Well, like, now I'm wondering if I need to skip all the (laughs) others that I have lined up. Uh, I'm going to read this one because it was well written. So who went to Hawaii? Wilson. All right. I hope you had a nice time. I hope it was more was fun a than a cupful champion shirt. If this was cupful or whatever league prize. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, being in Hawaii would trump a couple like of the leagues I play in. A trump, trump winning them if yeah, I well, could you get love, to Hawaii. You love travel. It'd be so fun. To, oh, are you saying I don't love fantasy hockey? No, enough? I'm not saying like, that. I'm just saying you like love travel more than I do. Like in terms of like like for me, like travel is fun. But I also okay. Really if you like had a choice fantasy. between winning your like fifth most important league or going to Hawaii, and you knew going to Hawaii was going to somehow make the difference, even though I know you wouldn't let it, what would you do? <laughs> I mean, I'd probably go on the trip. You're saying my fifth most important league, but also it's yeah. like I have other people that would be disappointed in me, namely my spouse. Like if I didn't, if I was like I can't go because of this reason, uh, it wouldn't fly, you know. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm. Gl- well, that's it. I mean, you can, and you can have. Well, you you would try to have both. Okay. Think, maybe actually, if Wilson would have been like, I didn't even want to go to Hawaii. My spouse like made me go, and it like, was to I- be the best man at like someone's yeah. wedding who I don't even like anymore, <laughs> and I had to buy like a nine hundred dollar suit or something. And then I saw a notification on my watch that like this player was injured, but it was like during the wedding, and I really wanted. To like, and I started taking my phone out of my pocket, and the person beside me was like, "Put that away!" And then I was like, and I had to just sit and watch while I had, you know, uh, Kyle Connor on my roster, even though he had COVID. Then okay, that then that would be something. All right, here's a mix of personal circumstances and NHL circumstances. So uh, this loser says this is a, this happened on April 9th, so almost a month ago now, and their team, whose team name is Sports, and I mentioned this. Uh, because it is somewhat relevant, uh, weaving together the whole story. Um, okay, but they're feeling good about their week. Uh, they were down by 50 on Wednesday. They've come back to tie it by Saturday. And they had also saved two ads for the last day. So they spent the first ad adding Scott Wedgwood, who was 
should have played, who was expected to play, but wasn't verified yet. Wasn't announced on GameDayTweets.com? Wasn't announced on GameDayTweets.com. Okay, it's wow. the second half of a back-to-back against Chicago. Elon's already rolling his eyes. <laughs> uh, and then, I'm not rolling but, my eyes. <laughs> but to hedge, mm-hmm. they didn't use that other ad to hedge until on they... Until they saw, good one, until they saw some sort of verification about Saturday or Sunday for the rest of the goalies. Okay, so they didn't blow both. They knew that this was a bit of a stretch. And so they said, okay, like, I'm going to I'm gonna take this leap, but I'm going to hold another move in my back pocket. So Sunday rolls around um, and uh, they play sports is what they said. They played sports on the Sunday mm. until four o'clock mm-hmm. and were ready to use that last ad. And then they open up Yahoo and see a ton of player, a ton of available goalies who have a little green check mark saying, okay, yeah, they're starting today. Uh, like to Smith against Nashville and then uh, tried to add that and uh, found that the player had already played today because the game started at four. Right. And this and happened at this happened at 4:01. And I'm supposed to and and I guess that this was one of those situations where the game got rescheduled like that day, like it was originally scheduled to be at like 7 and then the NHL rescheduled the game at the last minute and this person playing sports didn't get that notification because they were playing so, sports. So you're being cheeky about this. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, you <laughs> so, should and, know. And, and Wedgwood who... didn't even play on well, Sunday, right? So this loser played sports on Sunday. <laughs> Wedgwood didn't play sports on Sunday. Right, two things wrong. Smith, to Smith, they successfully added, but mm. was stuck on the bench <laughs> well. with an 11 fantasy point performance because they were one minute late to adding them. They lost by three points because they were playing ultimate frisbee for one mm. minute too long. I mean, you're obviously not supposed to just like finish your frisbee game and then be like, let me see what goalies are out there. You're supposed to know what goalies are out there before you start your frisbee game. And then you make the smart move that I'm going to wait, you know, before adding one because I want to wait for it to be confirmed, which is the smart move, which is what you should have done with this Wedgwood ad. Right. And then you need to know what time the games start and set a little alarm for yourself for 345 to be like, hey, guys, time out. I got to go. And check something. I do that all the time. I'm like having dinner with my wife, you know, and it's like 6.45. And then all of a sudden my watch goes beep, beep, beep. And I'm like, oh, just one second. I just got to go see if it's Bennington or Huso playing. And then I make my move. You know, I don't have to think about it. It's not annoying because I already know what the move is. I just need it to confirmation. I have my plan A, plan B, depending on what the thing is. Then you do it. You don't. Here's a, here's a funny story about Elon. Uh, like Elon had this like amazing proposal plan for his wife. And like he had it all set up. And as he was getting down, like doing the the thing, getting down on one knee, his watch did the beep, beep, beep. Uh, and he actually stood uh, back up and said, wait, hang on a sec. <laughs> turned his back around to her, set his lineup, then turned back around and did the whole thing. Ryan, and she still said yes. You know that I proposed in August. I thought you knew me. Okay. I wouldn't <laughs> propose during the hockey season. <laughs> oh yeah okay you got me there well mark in the chat is saying if elon lost both his hands five minutes before puck drop and he needed to set his lineup that lineup is well, getting no. set well to be fair my lineup would have been set the day before i don't set my lineup five day five minutes before okay it's 15 minutes before for goalies and like days but before. if you needed to yeah, yeah. i needed to yeah all right so um so <laughs> this loser wants us to help them rename their team for next year so they can move on. So Elon, I don't know if you like my Wait, who's easy this Wedgwood? Wait, sorry, who's the Wedgwood person? 
This is the Wedgwood person. Oh, still the same person. This, okay. Yeah. So I don't know if you have any great ideas like Frisbee over fantasy would be my, my like, either that's like a very basic one, but if I, I don't know if you have any suggestions at but the is top there, of your I like head. Frisbee over fantasy, but probably would be cooler if you had like a, isn't there like a cool name that people use when they're playing Ultimate Frisbee? They don't call it a Frisbee. They call it like a disc. I have a great one that I just came up with. Penultimate Frisbee, because it should be the second last thing you care about. Like the, the final ultimate thing you care about should be fantasy. Okay. I need to, I, I, I don't know about off the top of my head. I, I was trying to think of like disc and then another word that starts with D that has to do with this situation, but I, I would need a moment. Or if there's okay. some cool other Frisbee word. If anyone in the chat knows like what Frisbee heads call their flying gear. saucer. Yeah. The, the pizza. Oh. Making this up. Well, this Wedgwood person any... isn't getting a pizza. Okay, here's a short one. Wait, so who was uh, it? I still want to know who it was. Oh, it was Devin. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, whatever. You're, it's, you're better off in terms of like you're like a fit person that plays sports. Like, you're just I, like the, your I love the way. moment where you ask who it is. And I'm like, it, like, this is who it is. And you're like, okay, well, that doesn't change anything about what I've said. No, so I, I'm not uh, even saying it for me. I'm saying it for the show. Like, I want this person yeah. to get their name out on oh, the yeah. show. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Devin. Thanks, Devin. And we're sorry. And we'll work on a team name for you potentially. Yeah, I think a, the one I just gave is really good. Yeah, we'll make a thread in Discord. Like, use the make a channel room. Make a thread. And like, watch, like I'm the person. I'm the Wedgwood Frisbee person what should I name my team and I'm sure a lot of us will have suggestions uh, okay this next loser they said they lost their league on draft day because they hadn't watched hockey in five years they drafted <laughs> solely based on ESPN projected rankings still finished, still finished second I actually am including this because they said now they've caught the fantasy bug and they can't wait to join the Keeping Carlson Ultimate Patron Fantasy League next year. Okay. So that that bit of plug from you, Trev, gets you into the show. Thank you very much. I mean, it's very impressive. Like, I've always thought it would be a fun experiment to get someone who's, like, good at fantasy, like some other sport, and then get them to play fantasy hockey without having ever watched any hockey or not even knowing who Connor McDavid is and then see what you can do just with, like, being good at, like, you know, navigating yahoo or fantrax or whatever brian by the way it's my pick right now in kkpp so i'm planning to take a team goalie brian i just want you to tell me which team goalie you think is gonna get the most games okay here are the options yeah. pittsburgh wait just, you mean the most wins most wins in round one yeah so toronto is here and you know you just said that money puck thinks they have like the best chance to, you know what i'm gonna go because then it's like i win either way either I made myself sound dumb on the podcast, but I win KKPP or otherwise. So I'll just go with Toronto. Or should I go with Minnesota? Hmm. Um, I'll go with one of Yeah, those. it's a really tricky one. I can't tell you because there's someone in my draft. Okay, I just went to, I decided to go listening. Toronto. Money Puck thinks that they have a 60% chance of winning. They're at least going to win three games, right? It's going to be a long series either way. Probably not going to get it. Yeah, exactly. Though. Well, I mean, you're looking at the goalie spread, right? So if you can just pick a goalie where you know the series is going to be close, like it shutouts get you an extra point, but we can't predict those. So um, I would take a goalie who you yeah. just think is going to. Uh, maybe I should have taken Minnesota, actually. Maybe they're more likely to get a shutout, but too late now. All right, let's do this next one. All right. The next one is, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to introduce these as objectively as possible. Um, this one's a bit of a story. So last season... This loser won their semis thanks to a Barkley Goudreau hand pass delay of game penalty. So they had two penalty minutes from that Goudreau penalty delay of game. It was a hand pass that actually put them over in that matchup to take them to the finals and win in their league. And uh, we they were they recall that we discussed this 
on, I think, this very episode last year after their opponent wrote into us complaining that they lost to somebody who only got to the finals because of this like last minute Barclay Gaudreau hand pass delay of game penalty. I wonder how many. Did we give that person a high score? Like, I I think that's a really good excuse. Like, it's like that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have to go back and listen. I don't remember. I don't remember. But so this person writing to us now is the person who benefited from that. Oh, they got some Um, karma coming their way. So so get this. So fast forward to this season. They're in the final again, playing against the same manager <laughs> who they beat the year before, thanks to Barkley Goudreau in the hand pass. Okay. Is um, it a Rangers game? Is that, is going, going into the final... Is what is what a Rangers game? Like, is the game we're about to get to going to be a Rangers yes, game? Yes, it's going to be a Rangers game. Okay. <laughs> you see where it's going. Uh, so final day... On Friday, they're up. It's a cats league. They're up seven five one. Their team name, like, is is inspired by Barclay Goudreau. They've been taunting their opposition all season long, looking for their fourth championship. Um, they've used all their moves. Their opponent has one move left. The one who was on the wrong end of the Barclay Goudreau situation. And guess who that person adds? Oh no! I'm looking so, at the game log right now, and I see Goudreau so- <laughs> had two assists against Philly, and the two ass- that that must be the game, right? April thirteenth. The the amazing thing is that the opponent's lineup was full, but he still added Barkley Goudreau <laughs> and started him over Kevin Hayes. Is this the game and that Goudreau also got 12 pims? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes back and forth into Barkley Goudreau. He gets a minor penalty with time running out in the game. The matchup is tied. Uh, and like this manager, the loser who wrote us, is saying like he's left hoping Luke Coonan gets him some pims, but he doesn't. It ends up a tie, 6-6-1. And because he lost in regular season head-to-head, he loses the tiebreaker. He loses the championship because of Barkley Goudreau. Barkley Goudreau giveth and Barkley Goudreau taketh away. Elon, what's your take? I mean, that's an amazing story. I feel like you should have added Barkley Goudreau yourself, right? Like, this is not, like, it's not your fault. Like, it's an, I'm so happy you shared the story, and it's amazing, but I don't think you deserve to win because clearly Barkley Goudreau is your good luck charm, especially in a Pims league. So you should have added Barkley Goudreau. Clearly. So. Well, they had no moves left, but you're saying they should have used Early. one of their available moves on Goudreau. And I don't believe in like jinxes or like good luck charms and things like that. But in this case, you just left your opponent like it was like that's a brilliant. Like I just love that so much that your opponent did that. It's kind of like a little bit like uh, in my couple this year, Joe had or no, I had Brandon Hagel in a matchup against Joe and then like Hagel did nothing. And I was like complaining about it on the podcast. And then Joe like renamed his team to Hagel's Bagels just to like taunt me. And it was really funny, right? But if I was in the finals against him, I probably would have added Hagel. You know, like, it's, like it just feels like something you should probably do because I wouldn't want to lose to Hagel's bagels on like Hagel screwing me over. So it's an interesting lesson. I think here it's almost like you should have made the move not as much to win, but just to, like avoid this embarrassing, devastating <laughs> loss. Enjoy the, like avoid the karmic retribution. Yeah, because, like, it's so clearly, I mean, the way it was, fra- like, shared with us, like, it was so clear to see what was happening. So, uh, yeah, that's a great point, Elon, that you should try and get ahead of karma and the jinx if and when you can. So this, where does this rank for you amongst the ones we've heard so far? I mean, so, yeah, we're not ranking, right? I'm just keeping track of who's the winner. I haven't been doing yeah. the ranking. And so far, who's this the clubhouse is not, leader. Yeah, so far, it's still the first one. 
the person whose opponent got dry sidle after they already had like sent a better offer. But I hope I, I hope that someone will usurp this. I'm waiting for a good excuse. I haven't heard one really good excuse since actually. So I'm still waiting for something to move me. Okay. Let's let's see. I'm also just going to throw it out there that like this is your personal pet peeve and you might like the like the one that you have as the clubhouse leader. And so I just want you to like remember that true. Okay, how about this other- Brian? You get one veto. You could like pick one out. If if I have one in the lead at any point, you have the option to be like like explode like just a grenade gone out of the out of contention. Okay. Do you want to use it right now, or do you want to wait? And well, see? no, I, I no, I, I want to respect your decision, but so I'm, I I'm just like, asking you to consider your I think, biases. I think also like during this podcast, to you, like a place very deep in your heart. I don't think at the start when we came up with the idea to do the show, it was like Elon's going to decide. I think I sort of just decided to take that over like at some point today. So uh, you definitely have. Uh, anyway, okay, I've got I've given you your. Uh, well, your I would power. say that that one is up there for me just for entertainment value. Like it's a really great oh, story. This is the best. This one. Who was it with the with the Goudreau? Uh, it was Tony, uh, manager of the Yukon Potatoes. All right. So Mr. Yukon Potatoes, best story I've heard so far, but not like, it's not like the reason you lost. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say like you should have won, but your opponent added Goudreau. I mean, though, I guess if I think about it, like even story aside, like what are the chances Barkley Goudreau is going to get two assists and 12 pims in the final game? And added into a full, a full lineup. Yeah. Like this was a crazy swing and it, it was, I think the opponent took like saw that like they were on a crash course for some kind of like callback to what had happened last season. Yeah. Okay. And took fate into their own hands. I'm convinced. Fine. You're right. I didn't think of it in that way in terms of like how unlikely it was. Like, you really should have won that. Like, your opponent did, like, should have made a smarter move. Like, probably your opponent could have done something better, like, added someone earlier and actually gained a game. The fact that they didn't even make, like, what seems like it should be a smart move and still beat you, fine. Okay, I'm convinced. Tony Potato. All right. <laughs> Tony, you got potatoes. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Now we're just going to get all the people who said they lost out of inju- because of injuries out of the way. We're, I'm not we're saying sorry. that. I'm not saying that you can't win. I'm just saying, like, I want to hear a real soft okay. story. Like, it's going to have to okay, be an so avalanche of unlucky injuries. Look, I'll throw you a couple quick ones. So uh, this one, the, the finals were two weeks long, and they just barely lost. They shared a screenshot, but I'm just going to – you'll have to take my word for it. It was very close. Uh, Kadri was injured and they didn't know until the middle of the second week that he'd actually like won't return before Mm -hmm. the end of the matchup. Jack Hughes was injured, uh, who wouldn't like, didn't fit on IR. Um, and then their opponent saw, uh, an opportunity to also drop goalies because this loser had Shostorkin and Campbell doing really well. They weren't going to hit the minimum starts, the opponents. They dropped their goalies and just took over. This was the best team this loser had ever built by far, but lost because of some bad injuries, which let the opponent basically take liberties um, and go ahead and win. What do you think? But you lost games because of injuries. But what about like uh, putting them in IR and replacing those players and getting new games yeah it's unclear why jack hughes didn't go into ir like maybe this is a league setup problem is this like also like a thing where it's like a keeper league and you couldn't drop them yeah you know like uh okay that sucks but i don't know also it's like 
to be fair, like you got you were lucky to get Kadri and Jack Hughes, right? Like they really outperformed their draft positions, so you should be happy that they helped you get into the playoffs. <laughs> you were lucky to even get this far. Forget, well, I'm just saying, forget like, coming so close with such a great team, the best team you've ever built. Well, you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, you got more than your money's worth out of Jack Hughes and Nazem Kadri for probably where you drafted them. You might have gotten Kadri even out of free agency. Jack Hughes I love, right? But, like, he was being drafted super late compared to the superstar he was. So I feel like, you know, if you had, like, all your, like, top three picks all injured in your finals matchup, that's really hard to overcome. But here, like, you still had your top three picks. You lost your, like, you know, late picks that happened to hit for you. So... I don't know if that's good right. enough of an excuse. Okay, so so that was Flash. And here's a longer list from somebody else who said uh, they lost in the cupful because of untimely injury. So here's their injury list. Uh, Shabbat, Warensky, Jenner, Pacioretty, Ryan Strom, and Troy Terry, all gone in the month leading up to and into the playoffs in the cupful. Okay, so you had time to overcome like i think it's a lot harder if you lose all these people in the same week and you only have you know four ads and you basically lose all your chances to stream but you're saying it was like leading up to so by the time you know it's like yeah shabbat wasn't even that amazing let's be real you know like if you if you would have dropped him for the top available free agent defense I mean, like how much were you really losing in cupful right like get someone with good perifs like I, I don't know i got like giordano out of free agency pretty late and he was fine so I don't know, like none of the names on that list. It's like a long list, but like, tell me the name again. Like, who's the best player on this list? The best player on this list, well, I I think it's probably Boone Jenner. Yeah, Jenner, like like Zach Wierenski, depending on Vorp, could also be in there. And Troy Terry is a is not chopped liver. I mean, and and he also suffered with Pacioretty all season long. But that terrible. Yeah, like that was that's anyone who had Pacioretty had a pretty rough ride. This This is like he's he's going to fall in drafts next year, and I think there's going to be some value there. Yeah, just the risk also, though. Like, there's potential value or there's potential that you just get burned, but not as bad because he won't go as high. But, uh, I mean, I don't want to say, like, obviously, like, this person, like, had a really low chance of winning while losing, like, so many key contributors. But, uh, you know, I I feel like you could have... It's hard. Like, I I don't want to sound like I don't sympathize. Like, that sucks. That's too many injuries. But I think I'm going to still not count this higher than the uh, potato story all right sorry norm uh someone else lost kadri and eichel in their finals over in the last two weeks uh they lost they i guess yeah i don't remember eichel they lost eichel in terms of like he's not a super he wasn't a superstar i know that like what happened to jack did we talk about this oh so i think they didn't say that they lost they, I think they, they just said they have. <laughs> they had Jack Eichel. Right, Eichel but they, went they had lost um, Kadri and Kopp and then uh, Zuccarello and Ranta and Demko and had no ads left and were against Steven Stamkos. And they actually did very uh, gamefully say that their opponent deserved the win. But this was the reason that they say they lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sucks. Demko... <laughs> Did he get injured? Demko didn't get injured. I guess he just wasn't playing like on a key day. I'm not, I don't think Demko led in five goals in each of the last uh, two games of the year for him. Yeah. Well, remember there was, I guess like Halak was out and Spencer Martin was getting starts. So maybe it was the expectation that Demko was going to start. I see. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So sorry, Andrea, uh, we had, uh, I'm just going to say the name. Kev said they would have won if they had a decent goalie and Landis Cogstone and Eggblad never got injured. So that's just like, that's just like a classic 
Like, that's like, you know, what I'd hear if I'm at like the sports bar and someone's talking about their fantasy teams. Like, man, I would have won if I only drafted well and had zero injuries all season long. I would have been good. By the way, Demko did get injured at the end. Sorry, I was only thinking of like the actual fantasy playoffs in terms of what they should have been and not like leagues that went all the way to the very end of the year. So yeah, Demko didn't play after April 23rd. So th- thanks, Shams, for the uh, for the update here in the chat. Um, as far as like not having a decent goalie, like was there not like someone in free agency? Because all I know is that I got Anton Forsberg right before my finals in Kukufel and he was a gem, so... I think when you say that you lost because you didn't have a decent goalie, I would maybe take this as a learning experience to go back and see, could you have had a decent goalie if you would have maybe been willing to make a, take a swing or like drop someone who was doing badly that you just give up? Like, could, could you have given up on like a John Gibson? Like, did he say who his uh, goalies were? This is Kev, you said? Yeah, no, Kev did not specify. Yeah, it's tough. Sometimes you have to drop a good goalie. To grab like a goalie who's doing well, but you like can't explain why. But turns out that that was the smart move, you know. So, sorry, Kev. Bad okay, bad. these are sad. And then these, all these injuries. There was another one where Kyle Connor got COVID. Um, it like at, at the bad time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that it wasn't himself. And then uh, his own favorite team, Elon, the San Jose Sharks, injured Clayton Keller in the week before the playoffs started. You probably know who yeah. this is at this point. It's John Reed. I'm just going to blow it there because this isn't shooting to the top of the charts. But uh, well, yeah, no, I mean, Clayton a- Keller was so good. That injury sucked. And OK, Kyle- but if you but if you said getting like you were lucky to get Jack Hughes and Nazem Kadri. Yeah, yeah, like to be able to, no, fair, like you, fair, yeah. yeah. But Kyle Connor, though, like so good, like. But I guess what I could say is, John, I I R C, you were very close to earning a buy. In which case, you would have been able to skip over that Kyle Connor COVID because I also had Kyle Connor in Cupful, and by the time my semifinals matchup started, he was back, and it was actually very helpful for me because I was able to stash him in IR and have an extra player for like Monday, Tuesday, and then Kyle Connor played Wednesday. So I got extra, like it helped me. So, but unfortunately you weren't able to secure the buy. So you could say that you should have pushed a little harder to get that buy, which obviously losing Clayton Keller didn't help you with that. But uh, there's your like, I guess that, that's, that's what I'm feeling like my job is here to tell the person how they still could have maneuvered or could have done something. So here's why you actually shouldn't be complaining. Here's what you should have done instead. I mean, if you uh, were okay. really good enough to win, then you would have had the buy. Well, here's a, here's a few people who had bad moves. Uh, that they made that they were pretty open and honest about. So they said they only drafted Matt Murray in the year that we <laughs> that we juiced the goalie stats in their words. So like they in the cupful that you know we made goalies. This is a big conversation for a future show whether or not goalies were overpowered and that they had both Edinger and Swayman at different points, but dropped them when each of them went to the minors. And that to me was worth like that's the reason why this made the cut on the show because they dropped goalies who were sent down to the minors. They had them in their hands, but they let them go because yeah, they weren't even in the NHL anymore. So how bad do you feel for this, this loser? No, I mean, that sucks. But at the same time, when you drop these players, I assume they weren't claimed on waivers. I'm assuming they went to free agency. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. I can't imagine anyone added these players, which means that like whoever added them, that could have, if you knew you needed a goalie, I feel like you should have been like staying up, like like having tweet notifications for any time Swayman or Edinger is like mentioned that they're being called up, so you can like scoop them back up because you were desperate for a goalie. 
right? So like, I understand dropping them, but like, you know, if, if this person writes back and says that they dropped those goalies and they got taken off waivers and they never got the chance to get them back, then like, fine, I'm going to maybe send a small pizza. But I doubt that's the case. Okay. Yeah. For the record, I had both of them on my, or at least Edinger on my couple roster and was saying on the show that he should be the starter. And I yeah. still did not end up with Edinger when he actually got that role. Oh, I, um, by the way, I got to say, it's like, there's a lot of luck involved here, right? Like I'm, I had yeah. like, you know, I won this league. And so like, you know, things just worked out for me. Like I got Bennington and Huso out of free agency in the last few weeks of the year. And then like, then I dropped Bennington, but then I was able and but blah, blah, you know, I told you about Anton Forsberg. So sometimes you have to get lucky. Like I could have just as easily grabbed Vaymelka and got burned for like an eight goal against game. Like I was into Vaymelka after Arizona, you know, traded Wedgwood at the deadline. And if he was available, I probably would have added him and I would have gotten burned and who knows what would have happened. Right. So there's definitely luck involved, but with goalies, you just kind of have to expect that things are going to be random, but you have to also be like, if you know, you need goalies, you got to just really focus on like grabbing everyone you can out of free agency when there's even the smallest glint of hope that they might be something and then just hope that one of them, you know, sticks. Agreed. I, well, that's how it worked in the cup full anyway, like this season with scoring. Like I, I, we, I think a lot of people were caught by surprise, including me by the impact of the rule change we made, which again, that's a, that's another, that's yeah, for another also, day. I don't think it was that like we, we changed it by like 0.5 per se. I'd be curious to know if that really made as big a difference as people say it did. Like we're talking like some games were worth like 14 points instead of 12 points. You know, it wasn't as if we like made goalies like 20 times stronger. So I think it might, that might be a little bit of an over exaggeration, but I, I get the sentiment behind what people are saying, but like Matt Murray. Yeah, fine. You could juice the goalie sets all you want. Still, you know that Matt Murray is not going to play more than 10 games. So what are you going to do? It's not going to help. Well, that, that, well, of course, you don't want to hit your wagon to Matt Murray. As tempting as it is, anytime Matt Murray is scheduled to play games, you know it's not going to last. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's another another excuse for losing. Uh, this loser said they lost because they couldn't maximize their roster space because they had too many quality players. They were basically over full mm-hmm. at yeah. certain positions. And they couldn't move them or trade them. They didn't want to drop them for nothing. They offered trades to other managers, didn't find any takers. So they were they were just stuck with too many players at certain positions, and they couldn't actually make the transactions they needed to replace them with players at positions of need. I mean, you heard all through, the, again, I, I mean, what am I supposed to do? This is my podcast, right? I'm not going to talk about some other person's uh, experience because I don't know it. I only know my own experience. And you heard me whine a few times on the podcast with the other that I had to make some tough drops because I really wanted a free agent to either to have flexibility or to get a player. You know, I saw Matt Boldy available. I remember at the time I was like, I don't really have room for this guy. I think like when I added Matt Boldy, I didn't even have any space for him for the, or no, that's not the, no, uh, Brat. When I added Jesper Brat, I didn't even have any space. Like the next week, New Jersey was playing like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and he wouldn't have even fit in. And I had to drop someone I liked, but I just like had a hunch, you know? So I feel like that, that's a lesson that we've learned uh, is that sometimes you have to make that tough drop. And it seems like in hindsight, I'd be curious to know like if you would like, can you, the person who wrote this, I'd be curious for them to go back and see if they would have just dropped someone. Like I know they're all great. It would have been a horrible job, but if you would have dropped one of them, you know, how would that have turned out? Like what kind of free agents were available that were getting taken afterwards that turned out to be impact people or like maybe just having that stream spot. Like if you could, obviously going for a trade was your right move and I'm glad you tried to do it, but if you couldn't pull it off, then maybe you just have to open up that spot. 
Like, you know, sometimes you, sometimes I, I always just hope that there'll be an injury and that'll open up the spot. And sometimes it just seems like that always ends up happening since there's so many random day-to-day players, especially this year with the COVID and non-COVID illnesses. Uh, so this person obviously had some bad luck because they like just nothing ended up happening. But I guess probably you could have done better if you just made a tough drop. That's my guess. I assume that's the case. I, I think that's it. We, I think we did talk about this. It might have been on a patron cast, but we did talk about like you, you got to know and when you're not getting value from everyone out there, you still have to do what's best for your team. If it, Even if it means that you think you're giving someone else a freebie, it doesn't really matter. Like hopefully that person's in last place or if they're a competitor, hopefully the improvement that you gain from making that move uh, still makes it worth your while. Instead, you're stuck in here on this episode of our podcast saying why you lost instead of uh, celebrating that you won. Yes. Okay. So what? who's next here? So who was that that had the uh, two good of Prince. a team? Prince, man. That also is kind of like the Hawaii person because my team was so good. I had so many good players. Like, I feel like if you had so many good players, like if your team was really that good, then like that should be enough to overcome not having, you know, maybe the most games played because you just have so many good players. So maybe, yeah. Anyways, we've talked this one already. <laughs> All right. This next loser ended up with basically the reason they lost is they had too many Vegas Golden Knights on their team, but it wasn't their doing. They took over a team that their brother was running. And they took over the team halfway through the season. Their brother, for some reason, had traded away a lot of pieces to get the Vegas Golden Knights on their roster. So they ended up with Stone, Eichel, Pacioretty, and Laner, knowing that they all had this terrible playoff schedule and they were all getting injured in the weeks leading into the playoffs. But they all recovered. And uh, this loser actually got through the first round against a team with McDavid and Drysaddle, thanks to Johnny Gaudreau and Braden Shen goes to the semis, is against first place, who's only lost one matchup all year. And then over the course of the week, there's a lot of details about the back and forth, back and forth. Um, But it basically comes down to this. They played their Vegas Golden Knights, who did nothing, and they had Braden Shen sitting on the bench. So in a do-or-die matchup where they, they realized the playoff situation that the Golden Knights were in, it's like, hey, these guys have to show up. And I have Pacioretty, Eichel, Stone, and Laner. They all do well. Eichel had a good game. The rest did next to nothing. And meanwhile, Braden Shen on his own has a fantastic night. And this ended up leave like they would have won the matchup if they just had played Braden Shen over essentially any of their Vegas Golden Knights. Like they lost by by a very slim margin, and it's just because uh, they trusted their Golden Knights in a do or die situation. Uh, over Braden Shen, who, by the way, was like a point per game player over the last month of the season. Like yeah. I, we we talked a lot of bad about Braden Shen earlier in the season. Like he was done. We weren't sure why, but we didn't see any reason to roster him. But holy cow, did he have a renaissance over the last little bit of the season? I think it was like as soon as we had that episode where we talked about Braden Shen, like Obviously. right after that, he was like a free agent. I got him in one of my leagues and now I have to decide if he's even good enough to be a keeper at this point with how he finished it. He ended the year with 58 points in 62 games. That's a 77 point pace. That's his best ever season. So I think this person benching Braden Shen, like, I mean, I do feel for you. Like, let me just say like, that's like having to make a sit start because it's like you were smart enough to have Shen on your team. Right. So it's almost like so annoying that you have to make one of these tough calls. And yeah, it's like you're sitting Shen, but it's for Eichel, Pacioretty and Mark Stone. 
Ugh, like I really feel for you. I think that I won't give you the pizza since it's like you probably didn't even deserve to win because it's like you took over a team. Like usually when you take over a team, it's like even impressive that you made it this far. Like usually when people give up a team, it's because the team's not doing well. Who gives up a winning team? So definitely congratulations on getting it this far. And like that does stink. But I mean, also, I guess I can't blame this on you, but it's like maybe you don't want to like rely too heavily on one team. Uh, but yeah, it's obviously... I, I really feel for you. And I feel like we've discussed like potential, like I think a cool, I think Brian, you brought this up at some point or maybe I did, but I, I like the idea of a league where maybe instead of you having to make sit start decisions, it just automatically uh, takes the players who you should have played on that day. Like the ones who got the most points and just have those players be the ones that end up contributing to your team. You know, so if you had 10 players playing in only eight spots, then just your top eight people. I feel like that's almost like on one hand, I understand that maybe part of the fun is having to make that sit start decision. But to me, it's just annoying that like, because to me, the most fun about fantasy is like assembling the best team, you know? And I don't want this, like if Braden Chen just happened to not be playing that day and played on the Friday instead or whatever, you would have gotten his game and you would have gotten all those points so it's kind of like you got burned by just a busy schedule day so yeah no i i i feel bad for this person i i don't think they're gonna beat the story of their opponent the the opponent taking barkley goodrow when they didn't even have room and somehow him having the game of his life but uh, this is a this is a sad story for sure all right i've got a few more for you here elon and they are like that story was about bad timing with the golden knights like just not showing up when they needed to which was bad timing for vegas too let alone this fantasy team but here's one it's very simple and straightforward after the last one which is a little more detailed but uh this loser lost the first round of their playoffs by one hit in a categories league because uh radko gudas had a maintenance day. He took, he was given the Friday off of the matchup. He came back on Sunday, played, uh, but only hit enough to come up one hit short. So this is like end of season maintenance. How are you feeling about that? So this was like the league just went all the way until the end of this week, I assume. Like this was like, or is this like on April? I see that Gudas didn't play on April 8th. And then he came back and played on April 9th and had nine hits in that game. So this, I think, would have been a Friday where he didn't play. And then he did. And then he did play two games later. Yeah. Okay. Or so, two days later. This is bad luck. Yeah. Like just your player being randomly benched, especially the player who gets you the most. Like, I guess the question is when you found out that Gudas was being benched, did you try? Did you add someone else and go for hits? Or were you just confident enough that you'd have enough hits and then you just happened to get burned? You know, like a little bit more context would help me to really feel bad for you if like, you know, if you tried and you did everything you could and you really should have won hits. But I guess at the same time, uh, you can't just rely on one player to win you a category, right? Like injuries happen and, you know, sometimes a player is just going to miss a game every once in a while and you need to be able to adjust uh, so yeah, just like losing one game from Radko Gudas, like it's unfortunate that you clearly, obviously, would have won that matchup if Gudas played. But I guess it's something that's somewhat foreseeable, right? Like players are going to miss a game every now and then. I'd also say this was round one of the playoffs, right? And this was like a one hit loss. So I agree. Like there's a lot of a lot to come. Like I'd be curious. You know, we heard from some people who were like, 
I lost in this round and I crushed the rest of the teams. Like, you know, they're, they're like spite starting their lineups through the rest of the playoff rounds to see like, oh yeah, I would have won had I still been in there. Uh, okay. Wait, so Brian, actually, Steve. That, since we were talking, if you don't mind, I was just curious yeah. to look at hits. Like I just got to check. I haven't actually checked for a while. Like who are the top hitters nowadays okay. uh, in this season? So Gudas led the league in hits by a lot. He had 355. The next highest was 318. And that was Tanner Janot who we talked about so much on the podcast because of his goals. Jeannot not only had 24 goals, but he also had 318 hits in his rookie season, like in multi-cat leagues. Like imagine if you're in a multi-cat keeper league, and you have Tanner Jeannot, like a dynasty, and you got him probably super late. Like what a hero he was. Number three was Ryan Reeves. Number four, Luke Shen. Then Brady Kachuk. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I guess mostly names that we know. And then Tanner Jeannot just like leapfrogged everybody and is now like one of the top hitters himself. But yeah, Gudas, obviously, he's like insane. Tanner Janot has the potential to be the next Braden Shen, right? A big hitter who's not necessarily like Braden Shen in his like prime. I, I remember when Braden Shen was talked about as someone you grab in the first round of a bangers league mm. just because of how much those hits are valuable, even if he only pops 55 or 60 points in a season. So maybe that's, I mean, we talked about Tanner Janot and how like he definitely over succeeded in his shooting percentage this year, but maybe he can keep, uh, keep adding to his game. Okay. Uh, a couple more here. I think I said that before, but I've got, I've got this one, which I don't think Steve, by the way, that was Steve. Um, we have, uh, we have a team here who picked up Mike Smith midweek in the finals with their last move because he was confirmed on goalie post, but not on Yahoo. And then one of his, so one of his two goalies was confirmed as a backup on goalie post. So after he picked up Smith, Mike Smith, he pressed start active players and he lives in Sweden. So then he went to bed thinking that Mike Smith was for sure uh, the active player with the other goalies resting. Um, and then when they woke up, they found that they had a backup goalie. Uh, on their roster and 14 and a half fantasy points uh, on uh, uh, sitting on their bench with the shutout because Yahoo didn't start the goalie who hmm. was meant to start the game. Like it didn't start optimal players this is essentially the story here. So Mike Smith, this manager knew Mike Smith was starting hit start active players. <laughs> the backup goalie ended up going into the lineup. Well, this person's very brave for writing this in i think because like what do you expect me to say like after you press the button set active players you still have the option to actually look at the end result and make changes like why didn't you just check to verify i guess you were tired it was time for bed but generally after i press start active players i still look on that day especially if you have three goalies that are all like i don't think start active players has anything to do with who's starting. I think all that button does on Yahoo is put players whose teams are playing it. Yeah, this is like a hard lesson learned. Like yeah. the check marks don't matter to start active players. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, furthermore, as Shams has pointed out, like sometimes the check marks don't even matter in terms of who's going to start. Like I want to see the tweet. That's a whole I separate actually, story. When I first saw, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> show me the evidence. Well, we saw multiple times on Yahoo that like Miko Koskinen, like there was some specific trouble with the Edmonton goalies where they had the wrong goalie as confirmed starting or they had a goalie confirmed yeah. starting that was never confirmed starting but i guess here like they, they got it right this person just pressed the button and didn't actually check and then they lost because they had mike smith that sucks like yeah. i mean i feel bad for you like i would be so mad at myself this is probably what will happen if i ever have a kid right this sounds like a, a like a, a 
like a new kid kind of move or, or this person, was it mops who had like, everyone was sick and dying and, and, yeah. uh, and also they got a new, and uh, yeah, a new house. Like that seems like a move. Like if you made this move, Sweden person, I think that you should have a sob story about why you also didn't check to see if Mike Smith was actually in the active spot. But uh, yeah, like Brian said, good lesson learned for next yeah. year. Uh, that's why I brought it on the show. Uh, so thanks, Batman and Robin. And then uh, mm-hmm. this, this, this is the last one. I don't think it's about to knock knock anyone off. I'm sorry to 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 put that out there. That's not a great way to introduce something that's supposed to be rated and contend. Uh, but uh, they they were the first after the regular season in a couple different leagues, and they loaded up on Jets and Habs because of their schedule. But then Jake Allen gets hurt. Uh, then a Jets game is postponed because of a, a blizzard, mm-hmm. like annoying. when it's like sunny in the rest of Canada. Uh, the Habs blew it twice with Montembeau in net. Uh, they had Jacob Markstrom, who was pulled twice. So they they were had the best regular season team, had this whole spate of bad luck, and they narrowly lost both finals by either like a goal or one goalie loss like if they had a win instead of a loss and like this is one of those teams like this loser wrote that they're uh comfortably crushing both like the third fourth place matchups and they would have easily beaten either uh finalist if they had actually proceeded to the finals after the semis when everything went wrong to them so elon is this enough bad luck for you to be like Yes, you did deserve to win because that's too much. It's that's too much all of a sudden working against you that you could have never predicted or expected or anticipated or like or reacted to. Yeah, no, definitely. This is like Lewis also. Like he had a bad week in the quarterfinals of Cupful. And then like after that, his team was amazing. Like he was amazing before and he was amazing after just one week. And I don't even know if Lewis had necessarily like such bad luck. It was more just like his players stop playing but now here having like this what was the thing again with he had jake allen and the habs kept on playing montembeau that was the problem with with the goalies there i i didn't catch that part exactly sorry what did you ask well i just i this is a serious contender for me so i just want to get it right what was the thing you said about jake allen and montembeau what was the bad luck there so the bad luck was that jake allen gets injured Mm -hmm. and then when montembeau was starting the Habs like were brutal, and so why does it matter about Montembeau? So they, like, they I think up Montembeau to replace Jake Allen. I that's that's what I gather, I see. and that okay. just needed a win. And uh, and in their words, Habs pooped the bed yeah. choice with Montembeau in net. Honestly, I feel like, like Montembeau had a yeah. nine twenty save percentage against Toronto. I don't know if it was this game, but this was on April 9th. He stopped twenty three of twenty five. Still got the loss. The next game stopped 31 of 34 against Winnipeg. Still got the loss. Yeah. So uh, I I really think this is a good contender, Brian. I don't know if you're going to agree with me, though, when I say I feel like you could have left out the Montembeau part because, like, you this is Sam Montembeau. Like, he's not someone that you should have been relying on to win a game, right? So it's like you can't be like, oh, if only Sam Montembeau would have won against the Leafs in a game where probably the Leafs were like minus 500 in Vegas odds. Uh, so I don't know if like that's uh, but yeah, like still like all these injuries. This like blizzard was annoying. Also, I think that this Jacob Markstrom thing needs to be brought up. Like, like it's so frustrating. I think like, the lesson we've discussed on the show, right, is at this point, if you have a goalie who's like an MVP goalie halfway through the season, you've just got to trade him. If you could get like max value out of a skater, out of this goalie, you might as well. Because like, who can you rely on 
in life. These these goalies just they let you down. Like Jacob Markstrom went from being a superstar to like totally doing nothing in the playoffs. I think Vasilevsky also. I'm trying to remember exactly. Let me just bring up Vasilevsky. I think he's another example of a goalie who and he did this last year too. I remember in like the finals. I think he ended strong, but he had a little bit of a stretch and he didn't even play that many games right right by the end because Tampa. Why would they play him? Right? They were like resting him and giving Brian Elliott some more games. And yeah, Vas led in four goals against the Islanders, four goals against Florida. Yeah, like he was like alternating four goals against and three or and one goal against like basically every game down the stretch so it's like i think that the new lesson i know i'm veering away from answering this question but you gotta like if you get a good goalie good i'm not saying don't draft vasilevsky don't draft markstrom draft him and then try to trade them before the playoffs there's too much variability there but uh yeah no i think this is a a good excuse this sucks like also just the fact that they were so good afterwards like and before like they were clearly the best team just had one bad week like how annoying is that like just head to head everything is perfect my team's amazing then one bad week and it's over and every other week i was amazing before and after so i i feel it i think i'm ready yeah. to uh I, I, maybe it's just me getting itchy to like change the thing but i think <laughs> this is enough for me i think it's like that's really annoying and i think i'm ready to sw- swap it over I mean, it's really rough when you've won, and we have some others. I'm just going to show you how quickly Davio, you went 20 and 2 through the regular season, made it to the finals, lost. Uh, Maddie C, you had uh, McDavid and lost because he got goalied. Kurt, uh, Eric, UND hockey cards. Sammy also finished 30 points ahead of the second place finisher in a head to head league. Uh, the Chell spot crushed by injuries. Duster Bugless, Scuba Steve taking Trout. Dauber Hockey's Ian Gooding actually did a whole great thread on why, like, the circumstances around losing the Experts League. Uh, I think to uh, our friend Eric Dost at Frozen Tools uh, and Mike also. Uh, so thanks to you all for sharing your... Uh, some of you also lost because, like, you had the wrong, like, schedule for your league. Like, someone's like, oh, Yahoo, because of the one extra game, they extended all of week 26 to two weeks and that that totally messed me up uh like i think of like one big takeaway that i want to throw out here is that um like make sure your league ends the week before the nhl ends yeah like I we all it, yeah it always gets to silly season in the nhl where stars are resting and everyone's super frustrated and like it is sometimes it, like in the past it's been a draft strategy of mine and i think ours on the show where if you know a player is on a really great team who's going to be cruising into the playoffs uh and likely their team might want to rest them like if if you're trying to tie break on draft day between two similar players go with the player who's more likely to be fighting for playoff positioning at the end of the season which is also hard because fighting for playoff positioning or maybe they're fighting for the presence trophy you know there's always different motivations for mm-hmm. different teams uh so that's just uh, another lesson i think from going through this exercise with people who shared that uh, my my league is still going and my stars are sitting yeah, well, Yahoo didn't even give the option to end, like, on just, like, one week away from the end. Like, you either had to be, like, the couple and end two weeks before the end of the season, or you had to have a final matchup of the, these final two weeks. One thing you could have done if you really wanted to go, like, close to the edge, but not that last week, I heard some people suggesting that, like, just set it up the, by the Yahoo defaults, you know, go to the end, but then just, like, as the commish, just, like, force everyone's players to be on the bench starting week two you know so just make it a one-week matchup instead of a two-week matchup you know obviously let people know in advance that you're going to be doing this and get everyone to agree but yeah i definitely agree that it's hard to give the prize to someone who lost because of the weird like all their players getting benched in the last week because this happens every year right so it's nothing yeah it's something that we knew was going to happen it's something you might have been able to predict by the way i'm also just going to shout out like apropos of nothing 
Um, you mentioned game day tweets. Like Shams is still like going nuts on Twitter, like tweeting out like information. Like Elon Shams shared the Demco thing, which was tweeted out by NHL Game Day News earlier today about like Demco was heard a month ago. He played through it, but then decided to shut it down. Um, there was also something about Dougie Hamilton and that like he never felt good after breaking his jaw. Oh, so that's good info, right? Because like I have Hamilton is. in the keeper league. I think a lot of people do. It's like now it makes it interesting. Like maybe I do keep Hamilton because. I'm reading this tweet now, yeah, from at Game Day News NHL. So uh, Sam Kassan is saying, I'll just, I'm just going to read this because this is actually ex- extra interesting to me. I added that there is still numbness, numbness at times, but feels the full offseason will help him come back 100%. So, okay, maybe now I don't blame the coach for, you know, not playing him on the top power play. Maybe there was a good reason because he wasn't the full Dougie Hamilton. And yeah, so either keep him or get him for value in your drafts next year. Just something to remember, right? Like these players who were letdowns. Also, Brian, there was that thing that you posted on Discord. I know this was supposed to be like a compliment of Shams. Yeah, Shams is crushing it with all the retweets. Uh, also, I just uh, loaded the playoff schedule into gamedaytweets.com for the goalie. So now like the goalie tweets are going to be going to the games if you care about who's starting goalie games in the playoffs. But anyways, I, I, sorry, I was going to say the Discord, the Brock Besser thing. Right. Like he had a down year and then news came out that he was like grieving his father passing and like and, uh, you know, and that like really he was saying how that affected him a lot. So, you know, he had a down year. So it's the kind of things where it's like, first of all, these are like something like that is like outside of hockey and like bigger than hockey. Uh, But at the same time, obviously, you just need to think like maybe Besser can be better. And he just didn't have his head in things like as fully as he, you know, has in the past. And so that's another reason to expect him to maybe have a bounce back next year. So some of these end of the season sort of like retros can the garbage bag day interviews like you need to be you should still be paying attention right you don't need like, to sorry, now because you could just follow a game at game day well, <laughs> NHL. Yeah. Well, right but like don't tune out like don't stop checking gamedaytweets.com or at game day news nhl like there's still some juicy stuff that's really useful to know um about the future like about what's like reasons for player performances so follow that but elon we haven't we we need to crown a winner before we go any further and I are there any more no, that's it. Okay, so, so it was I'm, the one who had uh, the whole Montembeau thing, so and then the gra- yeah, the Montembeau thing. There was there was the the blizzard. There was Barkley Gaudreau. There was the gastro, and there was the dry sidle trade, which is all like all together. And by the way, I'm actually going to knock that one down a peg because I feel like if you were negotiating this, and of course you can't control what the other manager is going to do, and you don't want them to turn around and take another deal from somebody else. But, like, sometimes I drop in a, in a trade negotiation. I'm like, hey, before you do anything, tell me. Like, you, like, let me know. Like, give me a chance to so be. You're saying it. Julian could have, like, done more. Maybe, maybe. 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 It's hard to know. There. But if you were that close to a deal and you were pushing that hard, you know, like, you, you have to anticipate, like, hey, I don't want you to turn around and, and deal mm-hmm. with somebody else. Throw in another pick. I don't know. But yeah, Brian, so yeah. I, who, I don't think you actually said who was the person who like Markstrom stunk and then there was the blizzard and they like won every matchup, but then like oh. this one week they stunk. Who was that? That was Alvin, I think on Twitter. Alvin or Elvin? Alvin. Oh, okay. I have a coworker named Elvin. But okay, Alvin, like the this chipmunk. This is not your coworker. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that, I mean, I'm sure they get that all the time. Is that an old reference? What's an older reference? That or the Simon Cowell thing? What's the more uh, relatable reference? Well, definitely the the Alvin Alvin and the Chipmunks reference, but I'm sure they like they hear this their whole life. Do you think they hear that more, or do you think your wife hears her famous like old cartoon <laughs> name more? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it's probably about equal. And I can tell you she doesn't like, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, all right. Good well, one. is there any other Alvin? Like, who's a famous Alvin? Is there a hockey player named Alvin? Alvin Williams was, um, was a, I think, a basketball player at one point. I just okay. searched Alvin on Hockey DB. Chris Alvin's played for the Aurelia wow. Terriers one game in I'm the Ontario a... Junior Hockey League in 1996. Okay, but I'm looking for a first name Alvin. I'm seeing there's an Alvin Fisher who played nine games and scored a goal with that. Uh, wait, TSP in 1924? <laughs> What's TSP? We need more Alvins in hockey, which is all the more reason to crown Alvin yeah. our one deserving loser of the show. Congratulations, Alvin. Uh, you tweeted at us. So tweet at us again. And we will work on getting your pizza. Your pizza. I have a feeling you you might be international. So this might actually be a great test of what you said at the start of the season, which was uh, at the start of this episode, which was like, is there anywhere where we can't get pizza to? Let's find out. So, Brian, do you know who TSP is from the NHL in 1924? Tavante Smith Pally. No, no, that's a team. Oh, (laughs) Um, Tampa Smith Pallies. <laughs> Toronto St. Patrick's. Oh, of course. And Alvin Fisher scored a goal. Who? That's pretty impressive. Where, the on NHL. what site did you find this? Because I don't have it. Okay, I googled Alvin NHL. <laughs> and then the first response was Alvin Fisher stats. And that's how then I... He doesn't in. have a Hockey DB page. Because it was in 1924. I don't Hockey know. DB has it all. Does it have... How far back does it go? Is this NHL.com? Yeah, I'll post the link in the in the chat here. Maybe because it wasn't considered like a professional... Oh, wait, no. Is this around St. Pat's? It was an uh, NHL team. Huh. Anyway, that's the best Alvin ever to play in the NHL, as far as we know. And Do you know there, there's an Alvin Oshi? Is he related gr- to TJ Oshi? I'm, I'm checking it out. He's 1949 graduate of War Road High. Nickname was Buster Oshi. Ah, his grandnephew is TJ Oshie. TJ okay. Oshie's great uncle or granduncle is Alvin. But he didn't play in the NHL. It looks like he just played in this like USHS league. Yeah, I don't think he he had much of a like find find me find me an Alvin who had an NHL career. Have you seen Field of Dreams? I think I've asked you this before and you said no. <laughs> Recently. There's like a baseball, uh, there's a guy who was like gonna be a good player or something, but then he decided to become a doctor instead. And it's like maybe this like Alvin uh oshi maybe could have been a good nhler but maybe like he had to go to the war or something you know and <laughs> like that and then like who knows like, i'd be interested to know the life story of alvin oshi and why he didn't end up you know having an nhl career so we're offering alvin in addition to winning the the only legitimate excuse for losing you also have new reference points to give people. It's like, oh, Alvin, like TJ Oshie's great uncle, or like Alvin, the graduate of War Road High in 1949. Or Alvin and, Fisher. Uh, or Alvin, Fisher. Alvin Fisher. The no, best NHLer to... ever named Alvin is Alvin Fisher. So please, let's stop diminishing his contributions. He scored a goal. But okay, okay. Brian. <laughs> uh, Elon, I just need to make my last skater pick for the Keeping Carlson playoff pool. Let's do it. Okay, so I've got Kempe. Arvidsson, Barbashev, Bunting, and Ryan Johansson. Kempe. Yeah. Yeah, don't it's take Kempe, a Nashville player. Kempe or player. Barbashev for me? I'm going to go Kempe. I think it's going to be a long series. We talk, I think Edmonton, LA is like pretty evenly matched. Yeah. I think this Kempe is like uh, having a good season. And according to the, the ADP that Kevin shared with us, I believe Kempe would be the top of that list. 
Like, let's yeah. check Kempe versus Barbashev and just see, like, who's been on average you, being drafted well, higher. Do you know that Barbashev, like, he went, he was quiet for a while after starting off so strong. 15 points in his last 16 games. Yeah. But they're but Kempe, similar story. He was quiet. And I think he had, what, 11 points in his last 11 games? I think Kempe's the easy pick here. I think Kempe's drafted like 50 spots higher on average. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm I, I, like, I know I'm overthinking it. Like, I know Kempe is the obvious, but like, I kind of like this one. It's fun. I'll, hey, I'll yeah, take to go snack. with your gut. I always I'm tell people go. to go with your gut. You, you know what? I went with Toffoli. That was my gut pick last round when I could have had Kempe and just decided not to. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take the obvious pick here. Oh, and Victor Arvidsson gets autoed right after. And then Nicholas Backstrom. Should I have taken Nicholas Backstrom? Uh... Backstrom really just did nothing to end no, the season, right? It was a it was not a good season for him. Okay, Brian, this was a blast, but I think we gotta wrap this up. Uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed this uh garbage time end of the season episode of Keeping <laughs> Carlson. Uh I had a blast. Uh we've got some beat writer interviews potentially. I've got a lot of like tentative yeses, maybe even one coming on Tuesday, but I don't I don't wow. announce it yet. Because the person said yes for Tuesday. Then I was like, how about 8 p.m. and then they wrote back and they didn't write back so it's like I, I just kind of you know you got to wait the like appropriate amount of time before i write back to be like so does tuesday work for you because i wrote this email like yesterday you know it's like very tricky because i don't want to like over you know i don't want to be too pushy but at the same time it's like i'd love to you know nail down these so this is my life but uh so anyways we're gonna try to get you some more shows in the feed soon uh so stay subscribed on spotify or wherever you catch your podcasts uh google podcasts apple podcasts all the places uh, thanks to the patrons for supporting Keeping Carlson. Uh, everyone who's playing in the Keeping Carlson patron playoff pool, good luck. Uh, that Those drafts will all be wrapping up tomorrow before the games start. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess with that, Brian, I'll, let's just do it. Let's cue the outro music. Why don't you go ahead and read us the credits? All right. This episode was presented by Dabra Hockey and powered by our amazing, amazing patrons who contributed so much to this episode. Thank you all for your contributions and our followers on Twitter, but especially our super supporters uh, on Patreon, which are Patty, Rob, David, Derek, Tom, Andrea, Flash, and Tyler. Thanks for your support. Uh, thanks to, I'm going to thank Shams because that, I'm going to give one more plug for at Game Day News NHL and all of the GameDayTweets.com family of Twitter accounts. Just go there to find them all. Uh, logo art by brandonweeb.com outro music by pat roach this episode was researched with help from dauber hockey prison tools dauber prospects natural statric evolving hockey cap friendly the athletic hockey goalies.org hockey reference hockey biz hockey database elite prospects and nbc sports edge and yahoo and fan tracks but especially you like when we we don't often solicit listener input and when we do you always deliver so thank you all for jumping into the conversation and uh we love you thanks for listening and good luck in all your playoff pools i mean i don't really like that you're like speaking for me and telling people that i love them because for me you know that's like a that's a big thing he to looks say. really uncomfortable that was a topic of a patron cast <laughs> like six or seven months ago but like i definitely like huge appreciation like brian said so thanks everyone for listening we'll be back at you with another episode at some point soon beat writer interviews brian and i will talk playoffs so yeah just like i said we, we're gonna keep going all throughout the summer uh, but Brian, while we settle in and enjoy some playoff action, what else should we be keeping on the back of our minds? Well, in the back of your minds, maybe even in the front of your minds, please just do what you can to make sure that fantasy hockey is for everyone.